What's up, everyone? Welcome to 2024. It's the first episode of Game Phase for the new year. I'm Shane Satterfield. I'm here to take you through the next couple hours of, I think, some pretty awesome video game discussion. And alongside me to do that is New Year's baby, Matt Kyle. What's going on, man? Oh, you know. How were the holidays? They were pretty good. Uh, although my, uh, not Luna, but the other cat started chemo. Mm. So we're, uh, we're knee deep in rubber gloves and and uh, toxic chemicals, but uh, hopefully it work out. Yeah, that okay. sounds like a big, it's big a, thing uh, to wrangle. It's it's a it's a lifestyle change, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the good news is it was all caught very early, so hopefully it'll turn out okay. But yeah. it's uh, you know there's a radioactive cat in the other room now, so yeah. It's not, by the way, our co-star. It's not Luna. No, it's, it's his not. other cat that's very shy and never not actually Luna. comes on camera. Yeah, it's not Luna. Yeah. So if you see Luna jump up here, don't freak out that we're being radiated. It's actually not radiation. No, it's a DNA recombinant like chemical yeah. thing, but uh, it's uh, a whole thing. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna give the cat chemicals until everything's okay again. Otherwise, how was your holiday season? Do you get any fun stuff for Christmas? Um, I I got a laptop. We got a new MacBook and a phone. That's awesome. Um, which <laughs> I haven't opened yet because there was a whole delivery odyssey with those. Uh, it turns out the main lesson of uh, this Christmas was if you uh, order something from the Apple Store, don't have them deliver it. Just go get it. Yeah, their delivery um, service, especially around the holidays when it's a crazy rush. And yeah, well, the thing like we ordered the laptop and they were, they were like, oh, we'll get it to you today, and it turned out that the uh, the way in a holiday rush, the way they get it to you today is they just throw it in an Uber and tell the Uber guy to go to the address, and the guy couldn't find the house and marked it undeliverable. <laughs> it seems a way, weird way to handle so, things. So instead, it took like yeah, we had you know my sister had to go uh, pick it up, pick it up from the mall the day before Christmas, which was amazing. Yeah. Um. So there you go. Yeah. But uh, that's a pretty good haul for Christmas. You got a new right. MacBook and a new phone. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I got a little, couple little things. The uh, my sister gave me a it's a uh, picture as a painting it's uh it's a basically a collection of images and it's everything it's a reference there's a reference to every single episode of the twilight zone oh wow um which is cool and my mom made socks because my mom always makes socks <laughs> that's cool those are personalized something you have forever yeah. that you remember your mom by well no because they wear out on this floor oh but, uh one of the reasons i have so many socks is from from her is because the uh hardwood floor eats through them that's true actually so. yeah especially if you have old ones that have like um splinters or cracks yeah, or nails but uh i've ruined a lot of socks on hardwood floors i step hard on the balls of my feet and after a while i they i, I even the other day i was wearing normal it was more normal socks not handmade socks but i was like why are my feet so cold and it's because they're giant holes in the bottom <laughs> of my socks that are worn through well you have something sitting next to you there what's yeah, the story with that i did go through um this is this is a Tomitronic Tron game, something um, I'm very familiar with. Day. Yeah. Uh, so what happened was actually uh, right before I left, I got uh, my Analog Duo, which is a uh, FPGA uh, retro system that plays TurboGrafx-16 PC Engine Turbo CD PC PC Engine CD games. It's awesome, people. Um, <laughs> it's really F really awesome. Yeah, FPGA, FPGA for what for people who don't know is basically it's. Um, 
it's a way of kind of recreating hardware by using modern har- hardware, but you are literally recreating the hardware of the original system, but like with more powerful components. Yeah. So uh, you can do a lot of weird things with it and like make, like change the output and run it at, run through an HDMI at like, you know, it, you know, 1080p and like it looks good and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, uh, mess, mess with a bunch of different things. Um, but uh, yes, field programmable gate arrays. That is that is correct, Eth Demon. I'm sure Eth Demon knows all about this. Um, but uh, the upshot is, you can play. You can stick the actual cartridge or whatever in the thing, and it'll just play. Like there's no compatibility issue. And the turbo, the duo is is PC Engine Turbo Graphics Turbo Duo, and you can play the the chips, the, the games on the chips, or you can play CDs. Yeah, the, the Turbo CD stuff, and I like a lot of those things. Yeah. So I uh, I got it, and one of the things I realized like where are all my goddamn Turbo Graphics games? Like they're all my Turbo. Like I used to have, I had Exile and Exile Wicked Wicked uh, Wicked Phenomenon or whatever that was. Um, Cosmic Fantasy 2. I know I had Cosmic Fantasy 2 because I used to collect working designs games. And the first time I ever interviewed Victor Ireland, the head of working designs, when I first started in working as a, in journalism, I, after the interview, I mentioned that I was a fan of the company and, I, and that I had all their games. I collected all their games, the Saturn stuff and all that. I had all their games except Cosmic Fantasy 2 because Cosmic Fantasy 2 was, I believe, their first one. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, I didn't have a Turbo Which is CD. odd. It's Cosmic Fantasy 2. Yeah, because they didn't, <laughs> well, they, no, I, I don't want to have a Cosmic Fantasy right. 1. That was, a, that was another thing. <laughs> I, that might have not, I don't think that was even on the Turbo Graphics yeah. at all, or the PC Engine. But um, I, it was just before my, I had a Turbo CD, so I didn't have it. And I was, I'm like, but I have all the others. So I love all your stuff. He's like, oh, cool. That's really good. And then he left. And like, we talked to the PR people for a while. And he comes back in and he just hands me a copy of Cosmic Fantasy 2. He he's like, I always bring all our, all our extra copies of our games in case I run into somebody like you. And I'm That's like, oh, awesome. Cool. So I know I have that somewhere, <laughs> but I don't know where. So, yeah. I, so we dug into the storage units up, up in San Francisco because like, that's where a bunch of it went, a bunch of my stuff went. Everyone's stuff went when my mom moved out of the house I grew up in and right. moved in with my sister. And we went digging for things. And I did not find any of my Turbo Graphics or Sega CD games. I did find my Sega CD, and I found Sonic CD because it was in the Sega in CD. In the Sega CD, because um, what else were you going to play in it? Yeah. Um, I was going to play the Terminator. <laughs> yeah. Or I was yeah. going to play Dark Wizard. Yeah. Or I was going to play Lunar. There's was, a couple there's worthy. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Eternal Champions. Yeah, that's there's true. A, that's definitely yeah. better than the cartridge. Right? Yeah. And I did find the box with all my old Tomitronic uh, handhelds, handheld games um, from the eighties. People, the 80s. they still work, uh, <laughs> although the batteries are dying on this one. Tron. This is what we played when we were whippersnappers, people, yeah. <laughs> and we loved it. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's that's stereo right there. <laughs> Meaning there are two speakers. Are, yeah, no, I don't think there are. <laughs> there actually aren't. <laughs> um, the only casualty there were two casualties. There was uh, Scramble, yeah, uh, and Ninja Gaiden Two, uh, which is the, one of the the Tiger handheld yeah. ones. And I had left batteries in them oh. for thirty years, ruined. And uh, so the, there was a, there was a lot of corro- corrosion on Scramble, uh, but I was able to get the batteries out and, sc- and scrape it up. Unfortunately, it destroyed one of the contacts, so I'm going to have to find an AC adapter to make that one work again. Yep. Ninja Gaiden had four double A's in it. Mm-hmm. They were so corroded, I couldn't open the compartment. They had they was, corroded together just, into like one just, chunk. It was just a block <laughs> of toxic material. <laughs> I've seen it before. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't actually open it, which is too bad because that one was very funny because it was one of the the game talk ones. So it, oh, it, right. it had a voice in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And like it, it was this horrible like digitized voice would be like, "You are entering the world of chaos. Yeah, the end right. of your life draws near." <laughs> and and like you'd pick your weapon and they'd be like, "You have chosen the ninja wheel." 
And it's just like, all right. But like it was a shuriken, but they called right. it the ninja wheel. I'm like, all right. And he sounded a lot like the voice from Or as metal. we call it in the 80s, ninja stars. Right. <laughs> but they couldn't call it that because that was illegal in Britain. Right. That's right. It's they were illegal. Why. It's That's literally right. why. I forgot about that. There was that whole like outlaw the ninja yeah, stars. Yeah, outlaw the ninja stars. Ninja stars. You guys realize when we were in like, was it middle school? Oh, yeah. Middle school. Yeah. In middle school, like ninja stars were the biggest thing ever. Yeah. Well, like I mean, if, if my dad was making them by yeah. hand out of like steel and like people would bring them to school and sneak them into their bags. Mm-hmm. Be like, look at that star my dad every, made. Every, there was a period of time in that era where every middle school boy thought he was a ninja. Yeah. I don't know what the hell that was. We yeah. would run around town with bamboo yeah. weapons and <laughs> whack each other with sticks. Walls and like, like they, yeah. you know, these kids made like these fake nunchucks with bamboo and like it was crazy. It, uh-huh. was, it, was crazy. it really was. We, we were out. Of, it was like, ninja mania. Like you got these kids that are trying to talk about. Da, 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 da. I'm like, when we, when I was your age, when I was ten, they'd basically kick us out of the house in the morning, and we weren't allowed to come back until yeah. like sunset. Yeah. And we just run around town and try to kill each other. Pretty much. Like, Throwing rocks, was, shooting each other with BB guns. Used, there was a game we used to play where we'd go on weekends when no one was at the, at the elementary school. We would go to the elementary school, ride around the par, the, the playground, the concrete playground on our bikes. And we'd have like our our our, news, our paper boy bags full of tennis balls. Yeah. we just throw tennis balls at each other. Yeah, yeah. We called it jousting. Yeah. And the goal was you could hit each you other with a tennis other. ball. Yeah. But the main goal was to hit it in the spokes of one of the wheels so it jammed the spoke. Oh. Against the fork, and somebody flipped it. That was winning. That was the win. I was an instant win. Flying head over heels over the handlebars. That was the win. And no one had a helmet. No. Or any. No, I rode a bike. I rode a bike for 16 years. I never wore a helmet once in my life. Like, we were were, were wild. We were like dogs without horses. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's funny. But, like, yeah. It was was a different time. It was a very different time. Um, It was a good time. I enjoyed it. But it was was a shame that that game died because I I enjoyed the the cheesy talk Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, Yeah. But this yeah. is a whole thing. Uh, that was the other thing too. The little handheld things. That was a huge oh, yeah. thing when we were kids growing up. Like every, like you know, a, a lot, like consoles. Like my buddy would get like the new Pac Man that actually looked like the arcade, and then I would get the Donkey Kong one. We play with them for a week. We get tired of them, then we trade, and we would both have them for a couple. Like it was that whole vibe going on back when we were in school. It was awesome. Like I really look back at those days mm-hmm. as some of the best days of my life. I think a lot of people look at their childhood. Oh, yeah, childhood. I remember they the my mom used to make fun of me because like. Like the nurse's office, like at the elementary school, would keep a file on all the kids. Mm-hmm. Anything. I, my file at the end of el- was this thick because I got hurt all the time <laughs> doing weird shit on the playground. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so we had a game called We had a game called Lumberjack. Yeah. Um, I never heard of that one. We, I, I'm sure it was. Called, but basically, you had to go on the big, the big like monkey bar, like like you know, play structure thing, which were solid steel yeah. at the time. And, and sharp edges. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And <laughs> there's no mulch underneath or padding. It, 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 it's it just, just like weld. It was just like yeah. dirt as hard as concrete. Tan, we had tan bark. It was, it, <laughs> yeah. tan, it was just like you fell on wood. Yeah. That was it. Oh, yeah. it's, it, it'll, it'll be fine. No, you weren't no. fine. You were never fine. <laughs> um, so many kids broke arms yeah. and stuff like that. Like, but um, it was called Lumberjack. And the idea was you had to go up on the thing. It was called the Muscle Man was the name of the, the structure. Yeah. And you had to go up and you had to do daring things. Oh. And what what that constituted varied by who was watching. Right. And so, like, you had to, like, do stupid shit. Like, you had to do risky, <laughs> stupid shit. That Which you were going to do point. anyway. Did, yeah. But <laughs> you like, might as well make a game out of it. <laughs> but, like, whoever did the dumbest thing that, that recess won Lumberjack. The winner. That was it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I wish I had played that one. Um, <laughs> well, I wish my uh, holiday season was as good as Matt's. I I hate to say this. It's like, you know, coming back from the new holiday. I had a horrible holiday season. Before I get to that, though, 
I want to say before I left, I had an amazing holiday season, all because of you guys. So the last episode, I talked about how we had put up the uh, QR code to have you guys give us donations. And oh my gosh, did you guys come through? Um, I thanked a bunch of people already. A lot of people left donations without uh, giving us their name or their email address. So I can't thank them by name, but if you did that, thank you. I just want you to know that we saw your donations. I can't even tell you how much I appreciate it, but I had enough donations to buy many cases of beer. I just want to say <laughs> that. Thank you guys. Um, here's some people that did leave um, their information. Sven Kindervarder, I think I said that right. Um, Daniel Rosencrans. Um, Daniel Perio or per per I think I don't know how to say that. Um, Sharks and Danger, thank you. Gabriel jo Johansson, thank you. Um, H.J. Bouch, thank you. Justin Horman, thank you. I'm going to get to Justin Horman in a little bit because we're going to talk about something that he sent me later on in the show. Tosh Gale, thank you. Toppy Cole, thank you. Um, I think that's it. But again, we got so many other donations from people who just, you know, just didn't even leave their name. And again, we saw it. We got it. Thank you guys so much. So before I left for the holidays, it was awesome. And literally the moment that I landed on the East Coast in Washington, D.C., my phone lit up and we had a horrible family issue that literally persisted the entire holidays and ruined everybody's holidays and is still persisting right now now i have not escaped from it i've been home now for like a week and it's just the drama just won't stop i'm not gonna go into details obviously to protect the privacy of people in my family but it has been a nightmare it are my entire family's holidays was completely ruined not just mine my entire family's we had a horrible family emergency that popped up over the holiday season and so unfortunately my only real vacation of the year ended up not becoming a vacation at all it was more like putting out fires and trying to manage the family and handle all that stuff so my holiday season wasn't great it was good still to get away a little bit i didn't also didn't get anything because i've been mm -hmm. asking people for gift cards for the last like four <laughs> years to buy this dj gear that i want on amazon so i just got a bunch of gift cards again so nothing really fun to pass along but i just want to say you guys went above and beyond in trying to make sure that my holiday season was as good as possible and if you did see as i had promised i did post my trip to the beer distributor in central Pennsylvania, where I went with the money that you guys gave me and bought a couple cases of beer that I then drank. Fortunately, I did have a couple days where I was able to drink some beers with my buddies and have a little bit of a vacation. So, And you won your bet. Oh, that's right. And I should bring that up. Eric Cartmenez, we had a bet with the Steelers on whether the Steelers would win nine games or not this season. The Steelers ended up winning 10 games. They ended up winning their last two games, and I ended up winning the bet. And I just want to say, one, it was fun to kind of follow along the whole season and see if the Steelers were going to make it or not. But two, Eric Cartman is his good people, man. Like he was a great sport through the whole thing. We both poked at each other a little bit just for fun. But as soon as the Steelers won that ninth game, he contacted me and he literally squared up his bet right away. Those are the type of people I, I like to hang around with. So Eric Cartman is, man, that was a ton of fun. Like maybe we'll figure out some fun bet to do next year. Um, but Eric Cartman is a man of his word. When I won the bet, he paid up right away. No questions asked. He reached out to me to do it. And that's how it's supposed to be done. So great bet, Eric. Um, the Steelers did end up making it to the nine wins. They even got 10. Um, I did think they would probably win more than 10 when we made the bet. So I guess I was a little wrong ultimately, um, but Vegas was wrong, which is all that mattered. They had the over under for the Steelers at eight and a half games and they did hit that nine to go over. And Eric Cartmenez, thanks again, man. It was awesome. So anyway, it was not a great holiday season for me. 
And then we get back and I start working on Game Face 3.0 or whatever it's going to be. And I quickly realized that there was no way in hell I was getting all that work done in a week. Hmm. So you may have thought tuning in today that we're going to get the new Game Face today. Unfortunately, that is not the case. And I'm just going to say right now, the goal is to have the new Game Face launched for the first episode of February. So I just want to give myself plenty of time, two and a half weeks here to get everything locked down exactly how I want it um, and to maybe work on it a little bit. Um, to make sure that the kinks are worked out in the production and the graphics and all that kind of stuff. So um, we're probably going to do Game Face like this for a couple more episodes, and then in February we'll turn the page to the new Game Face. Um, Also, I mentioned this on Ask Shane Anything, the one that we published on this past Friday, but we're going to be changing some stuff. Um, So I usually do Ask Shane Everything every Friday. We're going to switch that up for this year. Um, Ask Shane Anything is going to be like two Fridays out of the month. And then the other two Fridays, we're going to do potluck stuff, surprising stuff, like new shows, some old shows that you guys like that we haven't done for a while. So we're going to mix it up. It'll be Ask Shane, then some, then a surprise, then Ask Shane, then another surprise. And that's how we'll do it. Some, some weeks it may be a video review. Some weeks it may be one of our, your favorite segments from the past that we haven't done in a long time. I just want to mix it up a little bit. The other problem, too, is we weren't getting enough, enough questions for Ask Shane anymore because you guys have literally asked me so many questions. We're on almost episode 100 at this point with like three or four questions per episode. You could do the math. It gets hard to uh, and harder to ask new questions it's a law of diminishing returns there so anyway you have in fact asked him everything you kind of have yeah <laughs> it's kind of funny uh, so anyway just some things that are changing also by the way that cadence we're going to do ask shane every friday until the end of january that cadence will also switch the first week of february so just to give you a heads up how content's going to roll out for 2024 now as always if our patreon were to explode and go up and we have more revenue then that all bunch of other stuff is on the table at that point and i'm i try to stay positive i think that could happen at any moment um so if that does happen then you know plans change even more but as of right now with the revenue that we have uh, i feel like i can operate and do this on a month-by-month basis or a month-to-month basis um, and that's what we're gonna do so hopefully you guys are into it you like it um aj the legend watson sifted retrospectives please that might be a little much Mm. (laughs) um i've done retrospectives for at this point like 30 years or something like that. I was a features editor at GameSpot. It was one of my first real jobs. When they first hired me, I was just like a scrub. They realized I wasn't a, I wasn't a scrub, and their first real job they gave me was features editor. And that's basically my job was just commissioning retrospectives. That's all we did. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing it for a really long time. I know how to do it. It's a lot of work. It is a, and that's what I was getting at. It's a lot of work, mm-hmm. um, which is why a lot of people don't do it, because the payoff for it, there's already, if you go and look on YouTube, there's like a billion, the history of whatever now. Yeah. Could I do it better than them? Probably, maybe. But is there a point in trying to do it better than them? I'm not so sure. Eric Cartman has just showed up. Oh, you missed it, Eric. I was just talking about how awesome you were, man, and how gracious you were uh, after our bet and everything and how you squared up right away. Welcome back, man. Good to see you in 2024. Very impressed with you as a person throughout the whole process of our bet and you paying off the bet and everything. You'll get to watch it in the archive where I heap praise all over you. Hmm. Um, One thing that's been on my mind uh, because this is the time of year in the board game YouTube world where this happens, for whatever reason, January is when everybody puts up their top 100 board games of all time. Right. And they make it a big deal. Like the, one of the big major channels is doing it this week where they're doing 10 at a time all week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was like, that's an that's an interesting idea. Because mm-hmm. I did that with a bunch of my friends from online in a chat room like years and years, like 2000 or so. Mm-hmm. We did we all did top 100 video games of all time. Oh. 
um, with little paragraph on each and why. Yeah. And like, it's it was fun. It is fun. Like, it, it was it's a hard. fun exercise. Yeah. It was it was a it was a narrowing all that down. It's tough and figuring out what what the this like, what's number ninety seven versus ninety six. Like what did well, we did that at game trailers and we worked on it for six months. Yeah, and then they pulled the the plug on it. Yeah. Our superiors were like, nope, you're not doing that anymore. We had burned so much time and money on it. Any, anyway, I've told that story yeah. before. But the I'm, end of game trailers was a disaster. But I'm, willing to, <laughs> but I'm willing to do that if you want to do like if you want to do like ten a week. That's not a bad as idea. We, as we go for like a for like a, a regular segment kind of thing, yep. it might be something. Well, one thing we are doing because the last time I did it, my favorite game of all time was Panzer Dragoon Saga. Interesting. I imagine that's and that's different now. It might have. So. Yeah, might have changed. No, it is definitely it, definitely there's a different game at the top now. Okay. So. Um, one thing we are doing for the first few episodes of Game Face, our first couple at least of 2024, is we're going to be previewing each platform. So today we're going to preview PlayStation. Just so you know, we do it in alphabetical order. We're not picking any order here. We do it PlayStation and. Nintendo, Xbox, um, as we do it in alphabetical order to keep it even, Steven, with you guys. Uh, but we do on PlayStation today. We'll probably do Nintendo and Xbox maybe in next week's show. So we'll be doing that. But then also to culminate that, Matt and I will both be picking our five most anticipated games for 2024. And that will be in like the last preview episode. Five. That's, yeah. <laughs> do, we even, do I even know five of games I'm interested in? You will. You'll, I've already been working on it. You'll find five easily. So anyway, just some stuff to look forward to. And then towards the end of this month, the games start coming out. So there are really no game releases. The first two and a half weeks of January. And then the last two weeks are packed with like four or five like really big games. So um, it actually works Come out perfect. On, folks. It's PlayStation before Switch, not N before P. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo and PlayStation? Come on. Yeah. Anyway. Um, or Eth Demon, are you doing the draft today? No, we're not doing the draft today. But again, that's something else that we need to tackle before we turn the page on uh, January. You guys will know when that's coming because we're going to promote the Sifted Fantasy Challenge so you guys can get in there and get all your picks in and all that kind of stuff. You guys know the routine, routine. We've been doing this for a while now. So anyway, we will get the draft in there pretty soon. And um, just uh, there's the rundown of how things are going to happen in January and then turning the page into February where you'll start seeing sort of a change in our content and certainly a change in game phase for sure so we're only gonna have a couple more episodes with the setting like this i think you guys are gonna really like what we do at the show i i just think you will so we'll see you guys can be tough customers sometimes but that's why i love you guys you're honest and you help us make our content better so i hope you guys will do that as we make changes to stuff here over the next four or five weeks or so you guys are going to be integral um, in tweaking stuff once we launch it you can give us your feedback and we'll take it to heart and we'll make changes to you guys get it. You guys know how it works. Um, let's take a look at you guys and see what you guys are up to. And I guess I do, I do want to apologize, by the way, for getting the show started late today. Um, I bit off more than I could chew here. Like, I for, honestly, I had just forgotten that I needed to do a bunch of stuff before the show started today. Um, and so I got started a little late. Unfortunately, I didn't get it done. Um, Justin Horman says, too much bias a beer money. There's never too much. <laughs> but I do want to say again, thank you to everybody who bought us a beer for the holidays. Um, the surly Mexican says, I'm old and I don't like change. Get off my lawn. I think you'll like this change. Living up to his name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Talica says, in shame we trust. All right. I appreciate that. Uh, draft for Suicide Squad. <laughs> you, you can have that one. I haven't seen previews that dire in a very yeah. long time. Yeah. Uh, what else we got here? Um, Faradol says, don't the board game channels use a particular site, Pub Meeple or something? Do you know? Yeah, it's like a ranking thing you can you can use. Okay. 
Um, Caver, thank you for Twitch Prime. One of the first Prime thank yous of 2024. Um, again, sorry on the retrospectives, that's not happening. Uh, Mike's Q says, I wish I could have gone to the brewery with you. So I had totally counted on meeting up with Mike's Q to have a beer or two in Lancaster. And again, my family drama just threw it all in the toilet and, and nothing like that was possible, unfortunately. So again, my holiday season was not great. I'm actually kind of glad to be back at, back at work. It, it actually takes my mind off some of the things that are going on with my family back on the East Coast right now. So um, Cinetai, excited to hear about. Hope things get better. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And my whole family appreciates it, actually. Um, Two Quick Capri, thank you for Twitch Prime. Commander Fett, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, Justin Horman, I sent him a big bag with dog poo in it. He did not. He sent me something better than a bag of dog crap. Uh, Dark Force 256, thank you for Twitch Prime. And here's to great gaming in 2024. Here, here. Uh, what else we got here? Vinaraba, thank you for Twitch Prime. And I think that might be it. Oh, they're talking about ninjas here, as Matt and I were talking about them. Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles. Um, AJ the Legend Watson, grats on the Steelers. I mean, they're going to lose their first playoff game. They're going to get their butts kicked by the Buffalo Bills. But it's better to make the playoffs than not. I get to watch one more Steelers game. And your Rams. What a surprise your Rams have been this season, AJ. Wow. I mean, he might be up for coach of the year. Your coach. I mean, it's amazing what he's done. Uh, Link so good. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Metal Gear Jimmy, thank you for Twitch Prime. Andy T. Monahan, thank you for subscribing at Tier 1. Um, what else? AJ the Legend Watson, thank you. Corey Film, thank you. Beginning of the year, everybody, you can get in here with the Twitch Prime. Talca1981, thank you again. Don Lionheart, thank you for the bits. Thank you for all the bits. That's awesome. And I think that's it. Okay. I think we're ready at this point, to get into the heart of the episode. Well, at least get into the heart of our housekeeping. Um, it's been kind of quiet, Matt, since we left. Yeah, I mean, game. Yeah, gaming-wise, not all. I mean, there's been some... The crap hit the fan, like, the day I left, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And the Insomniac hacks, which Matt and I have not discussed yet, we mm -hmm. are going to discuss on today's show. So that was a maybe the biggest story of the year that broke, like, right before the holidays. One of them, for sure. Um, but other than that, it's been very, very quiet. I mean, Unity did their big layoff yesterday. Another 25%. Yeah, 1,800 yeah. jobs. And they called it, what, a company reset or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's oh, more than a reset. Is that what you're going to use the extortion installation <laughs> right. money for, was to keep those people? Yeah, I believe you. Well, that's funny. Yeah. It's like they made this push to generate more money from their business, and then they laid everybody off. Mm -hmm. It's like, are you saying you needed that money to, like, not lay the people off? Yeah, well, nobody, I, nobody from the C-suite left, did they? Exactly. Well, one did. One day, Riccatello, yeah. I mean, well, yeah, he, he was, quit in disgrace, but right. like, but otherwise, nobody got hit in this round from the from the corporate side. Yeah, from this, the, and sadly, that's the way it goes a lot of times. So anyway, it has been kind of a quiet month. We don't have as much housekeeping as you might think, considering it's been like three and a half weeks since we've done an episode. Maybe not that long, but at least like two and a half or three weeks since we've done one. There hasn't been that much news, but there is some big stuff. Um, first up, Twitch. Matt has been going crazy lately. It has been on this weird, I don't even want to call it a crusade because a crusade would mean that they had a vision and an idea behind what they're doing, but they're trying to basically wrangle the fact that people are trying to turn Twitch into OnlyFans for geeks. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what's happening. You have a lot of people on Twitch who are trying to stream in various states of undress 
And it became a thing over the holidays on Twitch where people would make it look like they were naked, but mm. put graphics. So if you're a female, they would put graphics over their breasts. If you're a guy, you would have your shirt off and there'd be a black bar down by your crotch. Like mm. basically they were trying to find ways to get around Twitch's terms of service to try to, because let's be honest, if you go to the homepage of Twitch, a lot of the most popular streams that you see on that homepage are people or girls with low cut shirts or mm. like, or not nothing at all with like bars over their breasts. like. So Twitch has basically got to a point where it's at a reckoning, where it needs to figure out what to do with nudity on the platform. And Twitch tried to ban implied nudity, a phrase I've never heard of in my life until now. I have. Have it's, you? Yeah. I had never good. heard that phrase before. It is, um, I mean, usually you hear it in an editing bay when yeah. you're trying to like cut around a sex scene or right. something. Um, or like the thing where like, for, for a while, like the 2000s, there was a trend where you'd take like people in like swimsuits and you'd put little, you'd, cover them with like a color and then you put little dot like circles to see the photo through it and if you strategically position right it looked like they were naked ah uh, yeah, yeah remember that yep it's like that it's like that implied it, kind, it is kind of the same deal um yeah it's uh, and that basically but basically like either sitting there topless with your 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 boobs just out of off out of frame right out of frame or like with it that became the new meta Mm -hmm. Like at some point in the in late December, yeah, and everyone's like, "Well, now what are they gonna do?" And it, it it's been. Very, well, they tried to make that. Yeah, they tried against to ban the terms that. of service, and <laughs> then that didn't. People got mad, and so they then said, "Okay, it's fine." And then it all went crazy again yeah. because everyone like started and like and you of course had the fragile men who were just like, "Well, I'm gonna be naked now too," and so, so like they got banned because they were just naked like, showing their dongs. Yeah, and it's like, well, bro, nobody wants to see that. Believe, <laughs> believe me, and like yeah. of any gender, yeah, we're, you know, we're <laughs> or, fine. or sexual per persuasion. No. Yeah, no one wants to see and, it. Um, <laughs> And so, like that, it's been very silly. It's like, look, guys, either allow it or don't. What? Like, what is? What is the answer here? The answer is whatever Twitch wants to do. Right. I like, mean, that's what. But I'm, I'm saying, if you and I are in the boardroom and they're asking us what we think, what is the solution here? Who fucking cares? Like, I don't care. Like, if, unless they have an actual reason. I mean, there's a lot of things about like it's like, oh well, kids might see it. Okay. Do you think I care about that to the degree of like? You know how many fucking people on these Twitch streams are basically radicalizing young boys? Right. Out of like like this weirdo right wing shit. I'm true. way more concerned about that than a fucking twelve year old boy seeing some a boobs. boob. I agree. Yeah. All right. So if you're not gonna crack down on the Nazis on your platform, I don't really care that some girls took their shirts off to get more money. Yeah. I mean, isn't this really just a shortcoming of the platform? Their yeah. inability to keep specific types of content away from specific age yeah, groups. Yeah, it's, it's it's a good example of how horrible they are at siloing things and how open they are about how their algorithm is just going to serve things to you you want to see no matter whether it's appropriate or not um that's how you radicalize people it's how you end up with a feed full of you know pseudo topless porn no matter what age you are yeah basically i mean that's that's how that works yeah um and there's no thought behind you know it's like the thing no the thought is always to make more make money. money right but like there's no thought behind the ramifications of what that could mean either legally or morally or ethically i mean that's all subjective except for the legally part 
Um, but you know, you got to choose what you are as a company and what you're okay serving up. And if you're okay serving that up, okay. But like, you're gonna have to take the consequence of that. And if you're not, then you have to take it off. And I don't mean the shirt; I mean the content. Yeah. And you have to be okay <laughs> with the blowback on that. Yeah. And I also don't mean that as a pun either. Yeah. Um, but like, it's and I don't. Part of me doesn't really understand why they're not okay. Just being like, okay, we don't want nudity on our site, so just stop it and that's ban- no matter who you are if you take your shirt off you're gonna get catch a ban for a while mm-hmm. and i mean i know they get kickback on you know uh, blowback on that because it's like you know there's a whole thing it's like oh sex workers should be treated fairly that should right. be like okay fine it's not like I, it's not like i disagree with that but it's like they're a private company and they can choose what's on their platform um just like twitter can and has made some very poor decisions about that idea in the recent year um but you know, Twitch doesn't want to have nudity on it. That's, I mean, really, that's just too fucking bad. Yeah. For you. I mean, like, I I don't necessarily think it's an issue, um, because I think parents should be monitoring what children are looking at on the internet. You know, independent of whatever these companies are serving up. Yeah. Um, but like, it's sort of like the thing where. Um, the the Chat GPT thing yesterday. We're like, well, we they, you know they have or in mid the CEO of Midjourney, the AI image pooper uh yeah program yep um basically said like we have sixteen thousand uh art hand-picked artists whose art we feed into this thing to to make the to art. make the art basically that's not how they say it they say oh right. so to get inspiration right like if your ai algorithm could create something new from inspiration of being exposed to things that would be a revolution in technology that we haven't seen since the invention of the microprocessor. Yeah. But it's not. You're just spitting out collages of shit. You're right. Chat and they said admitted today that it that they cannot, can't do it without with copyright, copyright law. infringement. Yeah, yep. basically they're like, please let copyright not, not apply to us <laughs> so we can keep doing this. And it's like, <laughs> yep. no. Not worth it. Yeah. And like you said, it's all in the service of making tons of money because, as I've said since the very beginning of this AI shit, it's the next grift. If you look at anyone who's going rapidly pro-AI shit on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, go back and look through their timelines and you will find NFT stuff a year ago. Yeah. Because all the people that are trying to sell you this NFT garbage moved on to selling you AI garbage. No, you're and right. that's exactly what it is. It's, it's another garbage. grift. Yeah. Yeah. And... And you can tell now, well, even Nvidia, NFT. yeah. Well, even Nvidia is getting in on the AI shit now. It's because everybody knows that this this train's about to come to a screeching halt. Yeah, For and everybody, three or four people, are gonna cash in and make out like bandits on this. Everyone else is gonna be left holding the bag, and you're gonna see people more and more desperate to convince you that AI is the next big thing because that's how the scheme works. Yeah, and you're seeing they've seen like the the, the ChatGPT people, the OpenAI people, and the CEO of Midjourney. They're all getting into this thing about please don't let copyright law apply to us because they know, they know. that's the that's only the, way they can make that money before the fucking yeah. thing come, like, falls off a cliff. Yeah, so. Yeah, like, and Twitch is sort of in that same zone where you're like, okay, like, you want to make money. I guarantee you, allowing people to, to pseudo show their boobs on your platform is going to make you money. Yeah. But if you don't want to be OnlyFans, that's a choice you got to make. I don't, I don't understand where the fucking controversy is for them. Like, I don't really either. Like, like either, either allow it or don't. They, like, well, make, one, make a decision. You're right. But then once you decide if you want to allow it, then just age gate it. Once yeah. you age gate something, your hands are clean. Like, that's not your problem at that point. That's the parents' problem to make sure the kids aren't jumping through the age gates. So, I agree with you. Like, I honestly think eventually there's going to be nudity on Twitch because the money. Like, if Mm -hmm. you, like, I'm in a 
you know, because we are Twitch, we're not partners, we're affiliates or whatever, but that still gets us into like the inner workings of Twitch. So we're, they ask us to join surveys and get involved in giving our feedback. You can tell what Twitch is going to do every single time. If you look at a problem they present to you, regardless of what you tell them, you know what they're going to do because you just look at it and you say, mm-hmm. which one will generate the most revenue? Right. That I mean, is the answer every time. And the answer on this is pretty simple because you know what the only Twitch thing I have seen in probably the last four months without like going to look for it is that girl with the big gymnast shoulders and the boobs just right. out of frame. Yeah. That's the only thing I've no, seen right. that I can go looking for on Twitch in probably half a year. No, you're and right. I did I couldn't avoid it. It was everywhere. Yeah. So um I think I know which one's gonna get Twitch the most exposure. Again, no pun intended. Right. But like you gotta pick. No, look, I get it. Their you know their brand is live game streaming. So look, I agree Twitch should make sure people need to be playing games. They can't just be there naked or whatever, trying to get you to tip them or Although whatever. Although, if you're in the just chatting section... Then it's technically okay. I mean, we're on it. Yeah. We're not playing anything. No, you're right. Yeah, we don't play any games live. I'm not taking my shirt off. <laughs> Neither Nobody wants that. You have to worry about that th- about that here. Um, so anyway, I do think eventually, it may be five years from now, I think it will maybe turn into an OnlyFans for gaming. Yeah. Because... As just, of right now, just make, a, just make a, its own section. You have to opt in to go into, and there's an age gate and all that, and just call it the poll. Yeah, you know the poll. Whatever you want. Yep. Make it a feature. Yeah. Little, you know. But honestly, like, I don't really see anything wrong if a girl wants to stream with her shirt off. I don't care if a guy wants to stream with his pants off. I don't care as long as I know what I'm getting into. Right. So I don't want to click on something and suddenly see a dong. But if I click on something and like you're about to see a dong, and then I click on I'm it, like yes, that's show. Fine. The yeah, dog. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so I think eventually consent. Twitch, yeah. Consent is uh, on both sides. Right. So, you know, uh, three sides, really. Consent yeah. from Twitch, consent from the viewer, and consent from the streamer. From the streamer. That's what you need. Yep. So I think that'll happen eventually. I think it may take a while because, believe it or not, our society is still kind of run by conservative ideals in a lot of ways. And Puritanist, you know, Puritanist ideas. Right? Yeah. Really. So it, it'll take a while, but I think eventually it'll get there. So um, I think Twitch just needs to put its flag in the sand and uh, say, this mm-hmm. is what we believe in. This is what we want to do. And then go for it. And I think most people will be like, okay, again, as long as those checks and balances are in place. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, next up in housekeeping... More nudity here on Game Face, except this time we're talking about the nudity in Baldur's Gate 3. Now, Matt, I have to admit that, like, I never even really romanced anybody in Baldur's Gate 3. Man, I I played it before the fucking patch that made everybody non-horny shut up. I didn't even have a choice at some point. Everybody was just taking their fucking clothes (laughs) off by the second camping. It was pretty easy. By the Uh, second camping scene, everyone's like, I'll dress up like Oscar Wilde and you sing Noel Coward songs. Camping. Here we go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Stole that one from MST3K. I actually avoided like the whole romance part of the game for whatever reason. Um, I, I mean, I, we've all seen the bear fucking. Yeah. Um, it's very hard sometimes to keep, get Asterion to keep his clothes on. Although, right. <laughs> although there was there is a great like, fucking diss scene where if you aren't in that zone with him. And like you're, they do that, you do the big party at the end of Act One or something the, the, uh, with the goblin camp, and like he's talking about like hooking up with somebody, and you're like, oh, well, I'm not really. And he's like, you, no, oh, oh, that's that's adorable that you thought I was. Uh, and you're and like your character's like, hey, like it's pretty, it's a pretty cute scene. But like, um, I I have to admit that um, while I usually am on board with romancing characters in these RPGs, I don't 
really like any of the companions in I this agree. game enough <laughs> to want I mean, Shadow to, Heart would yeah. be probably the only exception. Yeah, but even her, like, I, I don't mind her as a character, but the fact that all of her fucking special abilities miss yeah, they do. constantly. <laughs> I'm like, I might have wanted to fuck you before you missed with your fucking fireball for 14 fucking t- Like, where's your fucking... I mean, Erebus Jones brings up the best point in chat. I mean, he is just hits it right on the money. Sex in video games is so cringe. It just mm-hmm. is. Like, they, just even watching two video game characters kiss... Because they just can't get, like, the interaction. It's a very hard thing to animate. It is. And they just can't get it right, so it looks goofy and weird. I will say this game does it pretty good. Yeah. They've got it. You can tell somebody put a lot of time (laughs) into figuring out how that works. Well, Um, anyway, the story we need to get to. It's not easy because not everybody's face is shaped the same. That's true. Yep. Uh, Well, the story we need to get to is that, as we all know, we just discussed it, Baldur's Gate 3 has nudity, it has sex scenes, and they don't really Mm -hmm. pull any punches. As Matt pointed out, there's a sex scene with a bear. Like, you can have sex with animals in this game. It's It definitely pushes the boundaries in that way. And what's happened is the game just released for Xbox. And by default, your Xbox is set up to upload your clips to Xbox's service. And what has happened is people play through the mm-hmm. sex scenes in the game. The clips are automatically clips. uploaded. And believe it or not, Matt, I know this is hard to believe. All clips on Xbox are moderated by a human. That's crazy. Can you believe that? What a job. Oh my gosh, dude. So anyway, these clips are being sent to human beings who are like, oh my God, there's nudity. <laughs> oh my God, D&D porn. Yeah, and they started banning people for it. And people were like, and, wait a minute. And I've tried to turn that feature off because like it, you, you know, saving all the clips and stuff takes up space it on does. the hard drive. And yep. so I, it just keeps turning back on. It Every does. time it you update the OS, it comes you, back on. I think that's what happens. I think if you update the firmware, yeah. it's turning it back on. It's not remembering your setting. And so people are like, what the hell? They don't even know what they're getting banned for. They're like, I was just playing Baldur's Gate 3 and all of a sudden I'm banned because the clips are getting sent for moderation to human yeah. beings. Series triple X. Yeah. And so Larian went to Microsoft and was like, bro, like, what are you doing? You're banning our fans for playing our video game. It's like, could you give us a list of the other ways you plan to mishandle Baldur's Gate 3, <laughs> Microsoft? Because you're really on a roll here. Like, I, I would, if, of all the things that Microsoft was not prepared to deal with properly in 2023, I really didn't call a turn-based RPG. Yeah. Like, I really didn't think this was the thing they were going to fumble multiple yeah. ways. Yeah. And so, Larian went to Xbox, like, look, you can't ban our fans because they're playing our game and the clips are just being sent to your moderators. And so, Microsoft slash Xbox's final decision on the whole thing was, turn it off. If you don't turn it off, the same thing's going to keep happening. <laughs> You're going to keep getting banned. We're going to keep moderating the clips because we are sharing a clip of a game that you allowed on your system? Yeah. It's bizarre. It's crazy bizarre. I mean, if you think if you're Larian, you're like, look, you knew this was in our game. Yeah. And you are it's dropping an M-rated the ball. game. Like that's, right. As but, the platform holder, you are the ones dropping the ball. It's not us. But I bet you know what's going to happen. And also, once again, you can also find clips of people getting their fucking intestines ripped out. But right. This is fine. Right. There are two things, two different things here. <laughs> That's sex America, scenes, though. Sex scenes and in, in, in disembowelment. One thing most people are going to do in their lifetime. The other, they are not. Net, hopefully. <laughs> it is so goofy, though. I mean, Europe is reversed. Yeah. Europe's okay with nudity. It's And they have it right. Like, yeah, no, Europe's not crazy. Europe should be more, you should be more concerned about violence than nudity in video games, in my personal opinion. So, regardless... I think what's going to happen ultimately, Matt, is Larian is going to have to introduce some kind of goofy thing in the Xbox version where when you boot it up, it asks you if you want to turn the feature on or off. That's what I think the end result's going to be. 
Because I don't think Larian's going to want their... I mean, Xbox did nothing. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, yep, we're aware of it, but guess what? If they keep up- uploading those clips, we're going to keep banning them. So tell them to stop. But for what? For, I don't know. Because they're be uploading... Against, but how can it be Stuff against, that goes against their terms of service, How can it be basically? against the terms of service when it's in the game that's on their... Pl- it's, I know. It's like but it's they a they already brew. okayed all the content for. It's not like anybody hacked it. I, I don't get it, man. This could have been... This is a layup for Microsoft. Grow up. <laughs> Seriously, feel, man. I feel like the, kid, the guy in that the fucking Wicked Witch of the East, bro. It's like, grow up, bro. Yeah. Grow up. <laughs> right. You wore a crown and came down in yeah. a bubble, Doug. And yeah. she was naked. Deal with it. Cinetyke is asking, why does Xbox turn the auto share on? Does it really contribute to more visibility publicity? I think it's just because they're like, we built this feature and we want people to use it. So a lot of times it just comes down to that. They're like, man, we spent a lot of R&D and development money on this. Why not just disable it for Baldur's Gate 3? Right. I mean, that sucks too, but but, at least nobody's getting banned. Right. This whole situation was handled horribly by Xbox and Microsoft. And now Larian, again, I think Larian will just take it in their own hands and they'll be like, look, look, like, we'll just handle it. We'll just put some code in here since you don't want to do anything. When the sex scene starts, it just turns that off somehow. If you can even get into that from the game side, I don't know. Or when you're mid-game, I doubt that you can. So usually um, that stuff is pretty fluid. Yeah, um, because I mean, messing with the PlayStation does that though. PlayStation yeah. turns off recording and, and broadcasting when you switch to certain screens, certain scenes. Yeah, that they don't want you to be able to record mm-hmm. or whatever. Absolutely, or like option screens or purchase screens. Yeah, and yeah. Things. Yep. So anyway, now again, I don't know if that's coming from the OS side or if it's coming if it's a flag you can put in the game that the OS is ready to deal with, or and maybe the Xbox doesn't have that. But I don't know. Yeah. Regardless, it was handled poorly by Microsoft and Xbox. It should have been a layup, particularly after Larian went kind of above and beyond to get the Xbox version done before the holidays. Yeah, after, like, Microsoft basically ignored them. Right. Uh, (laughs) It's so funny. Uh, Rock and Roll 458 says, why does Xbox hate his fans so much? I say that as a serious X owner. It does feel that way sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like... It feels like they're not going to bat for the user. But then Phil Spencer will do an interview where he, all he talks is about how he cares about the fans and the oh, fans yeah. drive every decision. And <laughs> it's really bizarre. So anyway. Where Velocity Girl never did get to sell that shirt. <laughs> she never did. Or take it off, Matt. No. No, that would, that would be wrong. <laughs> yes, that would. So anyway. Murder a man in that shirt, but for God's sake, don't take it off. Yeah. We're kicking off 2024 with lots of beebs on Game Face. But for whatever reason, two of the bigger stories over the holiday break were related to nudity, mm-hmm. which is odd. Um, speaking of dicks. Speaking of dicks. <laughs> Um, while we were away, Bobby Kotick left Activision. I think it was December 29th was his last day or whatever. Like that, yeah. And I think he got, what, a $15 million golden parachute to leave? Sounds about right. Um, which, I mean, I think we knew he was I leaving. Mean, he did make that company a whole lot of money. He really did. I mean, here's the thing. With almost nothing yeah. at times. Yeah. Like, Pactor is a huge fan of Bobby Kotick just for the reason of what he did financially for Activision. I mean... Love him or hate him, it is hard to deny. I like the, I like the backgrounds in focus, and he isn't. That's right. Very, that's very funny. <laughs> that's Bobby Kotick in a nutshell. Like the, 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 the webcam is trying to save us. Well, once people started realizing that he was on the way out, a lot of the developers working at Activision started sharing the dirty laundry. Yeah. Talking about how they were working on things, and he would put the kibosh on them, and they were d- how dumb decisions that he made that made their games worse, like over and over and over again. Oh hell! Look at all the look at all these talented studios that just got folded into like Call of Duty support 
right? companies. Like, yeah. Like the, they're still there. I mean, they're still doing High it. High Moon Studios has been toiling away in the fucking Call of Duty mines for how long? Probably for, making on years. Like, cosmetics or some dumb yeah. crap. Yep. I they, hear they, they made Fall of Cybertron and then they got booted into the fucking detail the, labyrinth. The grinder yeah, really is what it awful. is. It's a grinder. I mean, I'm sure all the people people that couldn't deal with that are gone now. I'm sure, I'm sure that's not the same company anymore. Yeah. but Well, good old Bobby did leave on December 29th and he is no longer with Activision Blizzard and he did get his golden parachute for leaving where he just gets handed a bunch of money because they want him to go away. Well, yesterday or yes, it was yesterday, uh, it comes out that Bobby Kotick is now suing Activision Blizzard. That $15 million payout wasn't enough. He's suing Activision Blizzard because he believes that he was discriminated against for being an old white man. <laughs> In an industry full of old white men. How? He was the one that was discriminated against. <laughs> by what? The, by who? The other old white men? Well, I guess if he, if he was a younger white man, maybe they'd have given him $30 million when he walked out the door. I don't know what. Isn't he worth like $4 billion He's worth or more something? money than you can fathom. I'm sure to him this is a, an ego principle thing where he's like, I don't care about the money. I don't like that I was forced out. And I think I was, I was wrongly forced out. I'm going to get this on the record as they that. screwed me over or whatever. So Bobby Kotick is suing them. I don't think I don't know what the uh, what the money, the amount of money is that he's suing them for. But he is suing them for wrongful termination, saying that they discriminated against him for being an old white guy. Now, I will say this, Matt. Ageism is definitely a thing in the video game industry. We've talked about it before here on Game Face. We have lots of friends who work in the games industry, who are around our age, who have really struggled to find work when they lose a job in the industry, or in some okay. cases, just had to leave the industry altogether after working on big games for, in some cases, like 15 years or whatever. Okay, like, it's a little mixed up, so this is not Bobby suing him. Oh, it's not Bobby? No, it's a 57-year-old it's a tech executive who worked for several years under Kotick. They reported it as Kotick several years. Apparently, so he cites... Kotick as the guy who joked there were too many old white guys at the company. Oh. And states that two other white colleagues left due to ageist remarks. Ah. Um, so Kotick is in it, involved so in it, but it's not actually because him. He claims Kotick's the one who's racist against discriminating <laughs> against old white men. Okay. But it's like, Kotick's an old white guy. He can say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's his word. Yeah. yeah. Um, Worked criticized his work so harshly his yearly merit-based salary increase was the lowest it had ever been at the company. Oh. Well, I mean, that's just your performance review, basically. He's, I mean, but he's an executive at Activision. His salary wasn't that low, right. I'm sure. Yeah. Even if he gets a 3% raise, if you're making a million a year, that's a lot of freaking money. Um, in August 2023, the plaintiff and six colleagues all over the age of 47 were laid off from a team of around 200 employees. The plaintiff argues that Activision Blizzard... Activision placed profits over people by terminating the older, higher-paid executives. I'm having a lot of trouble digging up any sympathy here. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah, well, the highest-paid executives yeah. part. <laughs> that's that's who you're supposed to lay off to save money at the company, yeah. as opposed to a thousand people who, like, need that paycheck. Right, because you can save, like, six or seven workers' jobs by the getting rid of executive. the one executive. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe more, actually, John. Let's that. let's be honest. Probably isn't as important as the people making the fucking character models. Yeah, you're right. Right? No, you're right. Yeah, absolutely true. But to be fair, ageism is a thing in the games industry. Matt and I can speak oh, sure. to that with personal, not but personal. But this guy but, had a job, so right. Yeah. 
Yeah, he you're had doing a job. better than you are. Like, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, you already got you got in there. I mean, he's probably been there forever. Yeah, but yeah. Like, again, if you're an executive at Activision, make your money, get your stock options. Yeah, like and, you should be enjoy. fine. Yeah, you should be fine. And to the you know flip side of that is we have friends who work in development who worked on big games for like ten or fifteen years who can't find jobs developing games anymore. So yeah. there is some truth to the fact that the games industry does try to shove out the older workers and bring in the young guys to give them thirty five thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but this certainly does not apply in this case. These are people who are re- receiving huge salaries for many, many years before they were they were asked to move on. Yeah, so, this, is just, this is a dude in a bubble who thinks he can basically use the... He's trying to... This seems like someone who's trying to use sort of the current language of discrimination and privilege to, like, cash in. I mean, he just wants another yacht or He something. does, yeah. Like he just, just wants to pay out. He's just, like, where, just, basically, he's like, where's my golden parachute? Right. <laughs> Which... Fair. Like, you see Bobby Kotick roll out of there with $15 million to leave. You're like, okay, where's yeah. mine? And maybe he did get one. Who knows? This is pure greed. It really is. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, our choice between, you know, clearly everyone hates old white men in this country <laughs> because our choices for president are two people who were born before <laughs> World War II ended. Yep. That's all. I don't, okay, whatever. Oh, I hear you. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, it is a real issue in the industry. However, in this case, it really wasn't. Um and we all we're all glad to see Bobby Kotick go, aren't we? <laughs> I know Pac loves him, but I don't know anyone oh. else that does. I can't say I, I I'm going to miss. I accidentally scrolled down to the bio of the staff writer, uh-huh. uh, one Harvey Randall, and uh-huh. there's nothing wrong with it. But the be- beginning of it is Harvey's history with games started when he first begged his parents for a World of Warcraft subscription at age 12. <laughs> How are they giving writing jobs to fetuses? That's all I'm at. I'm just saying, like. Yeah. I, I just every once in a while you see something. It's like, oh, we're, I'm really old. Yeah, the idea that someone could have been 12 when World of Warcraft was going on. Yeah. Well, sometimes I watch YouTube videos that are made about like the history of the GameCube or the history of the Super Nintendo, and you realize the person that made the video is like 19 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, they had to go. Like, we lived through it. We could just write it from memory. They had to go and like research stuff and like. <laughs> Well, I saw, I saw a video today of a guy. He's a music guy. Mm-hmm. And, he, and it's actually a really cool video. It's from like November or something. Uh-huh. But the first time I'd seen it. He, and he basically what he does is he analyzes music and movies and music and things. And so he, his this video was about Streets of Rage 2. Mm-hmm. Someone had sent him Streets of Rage 2. And he's like, this is amazing. I've never, I have no idea what this game is. I've never heard of this. I've never heard wow. of this music Ashira guy before. I don't know. He's like, but this is incredible work. It's uh-huh. un- unbelievable, especially from like the 90s. Like, it's so entrenched in like the techno scene and the dance scene of the time. And like, he's, he goes through and like, analyzes all the chords. Very interesting. Yeah. But the whole time he's just like, it's so, I've never heard of this. I don't know. And the people in the comments are like, I mean, he's he's not that young. He's probably yeah. like thirty. Wow. But like, but people in the comments are like, bro, this is like regarded as like one of the one of if not the best game on the system. Like, <laughs> it was like the only yeah. thing people talked about for like three months when it came out on Genesis. Like, yeah, it was one of the best selling games on the system. Like, it's it's not some obscure cult classic. I'll, I'll cut it's, him some slack though, Matt. Because imagine if we were in that position. Like, we've been lucky. Like, we've just played everything as it came out, and we build our right. knowledge base that way. These younger kids have to play everything that's coming out plus they have to actually go back and research all the stuff that happened before they were alive like right. but it I makes mean, their even, job way more but difficult even just googling the wiki of right. streets of rage 2 will tell you that it was one of the best sellers sure. on the gen- it was I, not I an obscure you. game yeah, yeah, at I the time you. it's an obscure game now 
I hear um, you. But, but they also, do have it much more difficult. But than also, we do. like, and then it, Yuzo Koshiro responded, and he's like, "Oh, thanks for it." Was it, it, it was very flattered, but I'm also like, "Man, Yuzo Koshiro is one of the best to ever do play the game." Like, yeah. he, he, that, that dude churned out so much. That that dude made that Genesis chip sing in a way that no yeah. one else ever has. It's like I don't remember everything that I've learned about gaming throughout my life and my career, but I remember enough that I know how to research it and find the answers. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're some 19 or 20 year old kid, you don't even really know where to begin. So we have a huge advantage over the younger people when it comes to doing stuff like yeah. that. But Although like, I'm, in a, I'm in a Transformers G1 group on Facebook and the questions people post and ask about things, I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> like one guy posted about this one thing he found. He's like, I just found this thing. I don't know what is this. Is this a black Optimus prime? Like, why is I like, what is this? And people are like, no dude, it's, it's scourge is a repaint of Optimus prime is black. But like, it's scourge from, yeah. uh, from robots in disguise in the, from the year 2000. It's a modern ver- is a new version of that character. He's like, I mean, but that's my, I'm like, it's on the box. <laughs> like, Google the name of the thing I mean, on the box, and it will tell. I'm like, and like half the group is shit like that. I'm like, a lot of, a lot of people want people? other people to tell them stuff instead of learning it, it themselves. It, it, it's it very weird. It continually reminds me of like the last few years of, of working at G4, where I'm like, if ever, if anyone figures out how much of my job is done just by Googling things well, <laughs> I'll be fired. I'm fucked. <laughs> like, it, it's. They think I know all this off the top of my head, yeah. but I'm just like very quick. I'm very fast at a Google but, search. But you also have to know what to search for. Right. Yeah. Right. That's which a is, huge advantage over which the Which is kids. A, a learned thing, sure. Yeah. But I'm, like, that's what I mean. It's like anyone can learn that. It's you can. Like, it's like the AI thing. It's like, do you know what might be easier than generating 4,000 terrible pictures and hoping one of them turns out right because you put the right word into a prompt? Yeah. Learning how to draw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm? So anyway, like, like in a couple years, it's going to be into. So in a couple years, you could be good at drawing. <laughs> That's true. Hmm? That is true. Yep. Uh, okay, well, we need to move on. Um, we got so Matt, we got some encouraging and then discouraging news about Star Wars Outlaws, which is Ubisoft's open world. But take. we we knew this. So you, you and I knew this. Well, the big announcement first was that it was coming out at the end of this yeah. year. And I was, I think we texted We about, both were like, We were both yeah. like, okay, well, we said that. I think we said that in a couple shows sure at the we, end yeah, of the we, year last year. And then, so everyone was like, oh, that's what we expected. It's coming out at the end of the year. It makes sense. You want to sell as many as you can during the holidays. Star Wars holidays goes like, you know, chocolate and peanut butter. And then like the next day, because what happened was a general worker at Disney in a blog shared the release date. Mm-hmm. And it was just this dude that works at Disney, and he was going through all of Disney's releases through the, for the whole year, kind of mapping out the year for Disney's releases. And he says, and Star Wars Outlaws from Ubisoft is coming at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And people freaked out. It became a big story across the games industry. Because the, the official line at this point was early 2024. Right. Yeah. And which, so the which, next... If you believe that, I also have a hydro bridge to sell you. Right. So... Well, then the very next day, Ubisoft makes an announcement. No, 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 no. He misspoke. The game is still a generic 2024 release. What do you think the truth is? Oh, it's it's late 2020. This thing's coming out in October. Yeah. I, I mean, if this, if we're lucky and it doesn't get Skull and Bones to next year. Right. I mean, yeah. Which it could. It could. Or I don't Skull think and Bones ma- could be delayed again, which would push it I mean, back. Skull and Bones is supposed to be out in like a month. Yeah. Like, we'll see. Um, but this is massive, and they, they generally are on target. 
Um, so I'm not. I'm not too. I think it'll be out this year. I do too. I mean, I think it'll definitely be out this year. But do you think it'll be like mid year no, or at the end of the year? Late. It's a holiday game. I agree. Yeah, I, I think it's just like Matt said. Matt and I said at the end of the year last year. Um, this game is prime for a holiday 2024 release. And in honesty, Matt, would I like to play it earlier? Of course, I would like but to. I don't. But I think actually so. would prefer if they delay it to the end of the year and, and spend a whole year polishing the game. The only the only caveat I'll say is um, if by some miracle. Uh, the ninja Assassin's Creed is ready. Mm-hmm. That would probably be their fall game, and maybe this would be like in August. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, Although I think this game's going to outsell any Assassin's Creed. I think that's probably true. <laughs> I mean, I think it's going to be probably the best-selling game of the year because one of the other big games of the year is a console exclusive. Yeah, Rebirth, which is what most people are picking for the most anticipated game of twenty-four. Yeah, Although that's I, a PlayStation Five exclusive. Although I will also say. Um, uh, if the new Switch launches launches with a new Mario and the Switch is available, that is a shot. I think the second part of that is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> the unless, Switch is available. Unless it also works on Switch 1. Which it probably which will. Which it probably will. Yeah. One thing I didn't I did notice over the over the uh, last couple of days, a bunch of Switch games have gone out of print. Mm. Um, like Turn in Pic- the page. Pikmin 3, Mario Odyssey, like evergreen shit. Mm-hmm screams we're going to reissue this with works on both switch and switch yeah, to for sure packaging. Like, like i wonder that. if they'll call it deluxe again they'll use that yeah, same nomenclature switch deluxe yeah oh, yeah like if you know super mario odyssey deluxe yeah I don't, no I, I don't i think it'd be the same game i yeah. think they're just going to be backwards compatible yeah so so i think you're going to have new packaging that basically says you can play this on either switch like a new icon um, the box or whatever. but you have to pull the old the old skew off the market to then do that new printing and you want to do that before you have to start printing the actual switch launch launch games yeah so i think you're gonna you're seeing like pikmin 3 is like only available at like wall pikmin 3 deluxe or whatever is only available at walmart now because it's been pulled off like it's delisted interesting a bunch of those well, tons of first party games have been delisted uh from like re, like target and all that's these a sign but that's to me that says you're putting them out again because you don't stop selling mario odyssey no you don't like, this means that you're just putting out a new version of that yeah. a, one of my nephews is still playing that game yeah he talked to me about it at the holidays <laughs> he's like yeah I've, i have one like thing moon left mm-hmm. again He's like, can you get it for me? And I was like, no, nope. <laughs> I can't go back and play it more. So here we go. But yeah, yeah this is this is going to be definitely one of the, I'm assuming it's good, which I. I mean, I think be. they would still put this out at the end of the year. Even if they have to stagger it by like a month. They put out Assassin's Creed in October, this in November or November, whatever. Or this in September. Like, depends when it's ready. A month is enough time, yeah. I think. And they're not really competing with each other. No, they're different audiences for sure. So. Yeah, I would not be counting on this game coming out in the first half of 2024, regardless of what was said in both the blog at Disney and what Ubisoft followed up with. But damn, after uh, after this comp- after Massive's uh, work on Avatar, I'm very excited to see what these planets look like. Hell yeah, in that, in that engine. Hell yeah, I cannot wait either. They've done some serious work on uh, Snowdrop. Yep, yep. It's definitely look. I mean. It's the best looking game I've ever seen on a. And it was a reiteration of of being able, of of the flight here being a real thing. So I wonder. I want. I'm curious what they're doing with like stuff like this se- sequence because this looks very um, automated to me. Yep, I agree. Until uh, <coughs> so you get the reticle there. But I'm. Cu- I mean, I think you're still probably under control of the c- c- computer here. Yeah. But I'm very curious if they are modifying any of how the space stuff works after uh, the Starfield. Star it's possible. 
That might cause it to be delayed out of 2024, though. A little bit, but I think differentiating yourself from that is is going to be an important part, especially when, you know, I, th- I think in the end, because Starfield, I mean, obviously I'm not trying to badmouth Starfield. I love Starfield. But, mm-hmm. like, it's very clear that your gold standard here is No Man's Sky. Yeah, for sure. And that's what you're going to want to be compared favorably to. Yeah. And based um, upon this early footage, it does compare favorably. Yeah, it does, it does. but I wonder if they're tweaking, you know, how you take off and land, how you enter and re-enter the planetary atmosphere right. to be a little more because yeah, if you can actually with no control Man's, with ship. No Man's Sky, you only lose control for a split second, right? While it quickly kind of pops yeah, yeah. you into that new area. Yeah. Um, if you could make it more like that on this, I think that would be a pretty cool trick. Hell yeah, I sure hope so. I'm kind of counting on that, honestly. But anyway, if you're excited about that game like we are. And again, we'll get to our most anticipated games of the year here shortly on Game Face. But um, if you're excited like we are, I would count on, at best case scenario, late summer. Yeah. August at the absolute earliest. That's what I would say. Yep. Uh, next up, while we were away, yet another PlayStation patent emerged. Um, and this patent was for adaptive difficulty. Basically... An algorithm, which is weird, I think, that you can patent an algorithm, which is, but that seems like what's happened here, mm. where the difficulty of the game changes dynamically based upon how well you are playing that game. Now, when you first hear it, it sounds genius. It's like AI or whatever. Mm. Like, oh, it's AI in video games. It sounds really. I started thinking about it, Matt, and I don't know if that's what I want from video games. No, I'll let you know what difficulty I want it to be on. Yeah. Like, um,. Like, I wouldn't mind the option to be there. Yeah. I mean, this just sounds pretty much like a different implementation of the whole thing where you die enough times and Devil May Cry is like, would you like to get on a baby mode? The ninja dog Loser. mode yeah. and ninja Gaiden. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Or, I mean, I, it's hard to, to believe that you'd trust, like, a developer algorithm to, tell, to decide to make a game harder for you. I mean, it could be so simple as, like... They look at how many, uh, like the last five skirmishes you've had. They look at how much damage you've done versus how much damage you've taken. And then they could just do something as simple as like, mm-hmm. just increase the hit points of the enemies and take your hit points away. Yeah, well, I mean, it could be also be things like, like the Resident Evil games do a thing, the, the remakes at least do the thing. I think seven does it too. Um, or eight does it too. Um, basically, if you're doing well, they give you less ammo. Mm. And they, they basically want to keep you on this sort of kind of this knife's edge of barely having enough equipment to get by and fuck you yeah i don't like that i don't want to play it though i don't mind moments like that where you go through like a 30 minute 40 minute patch but i want that designed yeah i don't want the computer deciding how that works for me because because if i i basically like i prefer the idea that somebody designed this thing and knows how much how how much like what my resources are going to be at that point if i found everything yeah and knows to design this thing if you want to use all that to get through here here's what you need to do if you can do better than that great if you don't have enough of that you could go find more stuff but you we know you have the ability to do it yeah like that's kind of basic game and I, I don't think an algorithm should be deciding that i agree i, I like the ebbs and flows mm-hmm. of playing a game i like that there are times where it's really easy and you've got it on easy street for a half an hour because you just leveled up and the enemies haven't quite adjusted yet and mm-hmm. you can take out enemies with a couple blasts it those moments you learn how to Approach the combat with flair and how to have fun with it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because then when the difficult when it becomes more difficult, you can employ those same tactics to make it not as difficult. So I like how sometimes games are easy for a little bit and then it gets perfect and then it gets too hard for like a boss fight or mm. one section of the game. You overcome that, then you level up and then you're OP for a little. I like that. Like yeah, to me, I, to me, this this sounds too much like something that's gonna like make everything feel the same. It just feels like I'll just be aggravated the whole damn time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, the ups and downs are important. That's just pacing. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's peaks and valleys. Yeah, so it makes you appreciate yeah. so things. I, don't, I, I mean, also this is just a patent. It might not do. Yeah. It. it might, it may not even use do it. it. Yeah, it might prove just as unfun as it sounds. Yeah, yeah. And they won't ever use it, or you can be opt in, opt out, whatever. Like it, I think, no matter it's an what, interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. But like, but I think no matter what. It needs to be an option. Sure. That you can turn on or off. I would never make a game where di- by default you mm-hmm. had to play with dynamic difficulty. I also enjoy that um, on the subject of Resident Evil, uh, there's been a comparison sort of weird thing on Twitter the last couple days um, of like Joel from Last of Us versus Leon. Oh. Like who's better? Who would want to fight? <laughs> the answer is Leon. Um, but <laughs> yes. one of the one of the replies was I don't remember who said it, but it was a reply that said Leon would have gotten Ellie to Salt Lake City in five business days. <laughs> <laughs> like, All right. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean that that's probably true. Um, that's funny. He got th- he got through that thing with Ashley, and Ellie is way more street smart than Ashley. Yeah. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, way way smarter. But I love the five business days as though he would have taken the weekend off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh, we, it's Friday. We're just gonna hang out here for a while these zombies are nothing i mean let's face it the toughest weirdest biggest boss in both last of us games is something leon would fight like on the way to like something else yeah i'm looking at your comments about the dynamic difficulty Um, first of all emperor dread thank you for twitch prime that's awesome and fruit eater thank you um Let's see. Um, Emperor Dread says this was in God Hand in 2006. Yeah, I mean, it's, the dynamic difficulty thing has been in a number of things. Um, I think it, how it's been implemented has been canned in the past, though. Yeah, I don't it's, think it's, it's actually per game. been dynamic. It's not, yeah, it's not a di- there's dynamic stuff, but it's always per game. Right. It's not like an algorithm you just plug into your to game. Any game. That. I think that's the pat- what the patent is for. Yeah. Um, we, I, I mean, we used to imagine that. Too. Like, like there was that. There was definitely superstition back in the old arcade days of like, oh, you, you when you're playing like the single player of like a fighting game, and you're like, oh, you did too well in that last round. Now they're now mad it's at impossible. You. They're mad at you. <laughs> John Lee's gonna kick your ass. I forgot you just, yeah, about that. that. You're right. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Erebus Jones says, "Isn't that exactly what the AI director from?" Left for Dead. Actually, I don't. I never messed around with that. I don't know how um, that worked. Well, the, you can't really mess around with that. Basically, the director is a kind of an. I mean, they never called it AI, but the director is basically a thing in Left for Dead that recognizes how well you're doing, how much health the group has, how much ammo you have, and then we'll send, we'll alter how much it sends at you or which special zombies. How many zombies. zombies. Which special zombies in particular. Uh, like, if you've got tons of ammo, it might send a tank at you. Gotcha. You okay. Know, to use up all your ammo. That, that I'm probably okay with. Um, if you've got low health, it might send a witch. Right. So, like, you get the choice to interact with her, or if you're careless, she'll attack you, but, like, to ratchet you up You can avoid if you it's want. It's like, oh, we can't fight this thing, so we gotta be careful, because we're all low on health it's it basically to make it more tense and more, more it's make it, the idea of the ai director though wasn't really difficulty so much as like keeping it interesting fun yeah, yeah. the idea was to make it ten- keep it tense or keep it like you know adapt the 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 spawning of the enemies to sort of fit the way you were playing both in your favor and against it yeah and it worked pretty well like uh, left for dead 2 they really nailed how that worked um you, you can you, you and the and the the touch of the director hand was way less obvious in that game too. 
Um, Big Dave Lazard says that he hates it in the Resident Evil games. Yeah, I don't like it in the Resident Evil games. I'd rather I'd rather be awesome. Yeah. Like, if I'm doing well, let me do well. I if agree. I have tons of ammo, let me have tons yeah, of ammo. Yeah. You got to work for that. Like I make in Resident Evil in particular, I make the game more difficult on myself on purpose. Like mm. I get acid rounds or whatever, I never use them. I yeah. can't I can't tell you how many Resident Evil games I've played where I hoarded special ammo like that and got to the end of the game and never used it. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, finished I, the game with like all the acid rounds. And, like, I mean, I replayed Res the Resident Evil uh, remake on PC like last year. Go look at that completed save. There's like 14 mixed herbs in the storage box. Yeah. Like I never used any. Like, I, I'm so stingy with all that stuff. Because I always think there's going to be I'm some need a crazy boss fight. I'm going to need like a million acid rounds but for it. Like, but also, like, this is like the fifth, sixth time I've played Resident Evil One. I right. know yeah. where what everything is. Yeah, I, yeah. I know I'm not going to need that for anything else. I know it's for this. You know, yeah. I don't even like firing the rocket at the tyrant at the end of the fuck. It's like yeah, like I might need that later. <laughs> Game's over. But I might need it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, many, I, I'm the one that ends up with 99 potions at the end of every Final Fantasy game. Yeah, just because. Yeah, Manny Dr. One says make every game have a Souls difficulty and call it a day. LOL. Yeah, I don't know if that would be too palatable for me. But uh, and Ferrodal says yes, screw that. If I'm owning, let me own. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. That's I agree with that. I mean, you, you need to feel that you're getting better at times. I don't want to play a game where I feel like I'm never getting better. Like it feels yeah. like you have no sense of accomplishment. Yeah, the like, the, the the algorithm difficulty algorithm makes it sound like you're gonna you want a kind of a constant sort of droning level difficulty, and that's yeah. not how things work. Yeah, I don't want it either. So it yeah. sounds like most of us are pretty much in agreement that that's not something that we want. However, maybe as an option, might work. But default, no way. If I knew that a game was like that by default my uh, draw to play that game would be drastically reduced for mm -hmm. sure so we'll see as matt said and as a lot of patents work a lot of times you just never see them particularly with nintendo nintendo has like i can't tell you how many patents we've talked about on game face from nintendo that just never happened so again this is something playstation could have worked on they want to patent it and protect it we may never actually see it in video games <clears throat> but we'll see um next up we published Pactor's um, big, bold predictions for 2024 today. If you're a patron, it's up on our Patreon. It's up at sifted.net. If you're a Twitch Prime subscriber, you can watch it right now on our Twitch channel. Again, I'll just pitch Twitch Prime right now. Um, if you do subscribe with Twitch Prime, you get Pactor Factor a week early, just like our patrons. So it's up on our Twitch channel right now. If you're watching the show and the show's over and you wanna watch it, you can watch it if you can, if you want to, if you're subscribed. Um, but anyway, in that episode, and I'm gonna spoil a little bit here, one of Pactor's predictions for 2024, and we recorded this a while ago, was that there would be a free or $5 version of Game Pass coming where people have to watch ads um, in order to play the games. And if you play a lot of mobile games, you know that's already a thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know that's already a thing because I don't play mobile games. I honestly don't know how it really works because I've never played a mobile game that's supported with ads like that. Have you? Yeah. It depends what it is. How like, intrusive is it? Like, how often very, are they showing? Is it? It's usually between levels or between. If it's a level-based game, between that or like, you have to watch ads to get more energy to do another thing, that uh, kind of thing. Usually, there's an option to pay like two ninety nine to get rid of them forever, and and sometimes it even makes your your usable energy go up faster. Oh, um, it's usually worth it to just get rid of the ads to pay the money and get rid of the ads because you're using up 30 40 60 seconds every time you watch yeah. and the main thing the main problem is that 
it's the same four ads over and over. It's like, how many times you want to watch the same ad for the same mobile game you were never going to play because yeah. it looks like shit. Right. Um, or how many times you want to watch the video of the mobile game that has no relation to the fucking mobile game they're advertising. Yeah. It's like, oh, solve this puzzle. And you like look it up. It's like, no, this is Ebony. This is no, a yeah. fucking civilization ripoff. Like, there is no puzzle solving. And, there's a, and like to the point that they've added puzzles so they don't get sued for false advertising after the fact. <laughs> Funny. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're pretty intrusive. I mean, if, if, if it'd be one thing if, like, you got to watch an ad when you start the game up. But if they're popping up in the middle of the game, that would not be great. Yeah. That, that, I, that'd be hard to justify in a console game. Well, it, it makes a little more sense in mobile games because mobile games are designed to be played in small chunks. Well, small chunks. And you can look away from them and you can do something else. Yeah. While you're really, but console like, games like we're seeing right now, the most of the games on Game Pass, they're not designed that way. Yeah, my guess would be this is something you'd have to watch the ads when you load it up. Yeah. And you don't think that they would show them in the middle of gameplay? I think that would be a big mistake. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, here's the thing. Pactor predicted that this was going to happen. And then yesterday or the day before, it leaks out that this is something that Microsoft is considering. Just so you know, Pactor recorded that episode way before that announcement came out. So um, he was right already on one of his predictions for 2024. However, I don't know that this will work, Matt. Um, he thinks that if they do that, they will increase their subscriptions by, by 50%. He said something like that. But if you're not actually paying more than $5 to use a service, does that matter all that much? Um, I mean, five bucks adds up when you're talking about millions of people. But. Yeah. Um, and again, he wasn't, his idea was not that it would be free. It's that it would be much cheaper, but it would also be with ads. And there's, that's a big difference there. So um, it feels like you would have to retrofit all the existing games on the platform. That's and then, what I mean about, like, I think it would be part of the front end. Like, you, yeah. you, when you go to start it up, it shows you, like, three ads, and then you can play the game. And the next time you start the game, you know, don't quit the game. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know if that's going to be able to offset the revenue. Like, if they're going to make enough money off ads to offset the $10 a month that they're losing. Because, dude, $10 a month well, part of it, in ad viewing is a shit ton much, of ad viewing. But, right. <laughs> but if you're, you're, you're talking about, you know scale they probably have the scale also i'm sure part of it is just to annoy you into just making the full subscription i think that's i you just got to it i think that's exactly what the idea is is like you know what get them to the service mm -hmm. so they can see what's there it might also be a push to get more games sold because it's like Possibly. maybe maybe you don't want to subscribe to the service but you find a game that you don't you like a lot and want to keep playing and you don't want to watch that ad, those ads every time you get a discount because you got a game pass discount on the game Buy the game. That's what I think the strategy is. There's where you made your money I think it's off that. to get people to pay for the real Game Pass. Because you get them there. They see, you get them there with the deal. They see how many games there are mm -hmm. there. They play a couple games. They're like, these are actually good games. Like, But these ads are annoying yeah. AF. It's a, it's a good way to irritate people into either subscribing or buying the game. Or leaving Game Pass never to return. Yeah. <laughs> that could also, be the third option. But also, like, that's a very small <laughs> sliver of people, I think, because most people, I think you'll find, especially younger than us, are just used to that. Yeah. That's just how yeah, games work. they play work. mobile games. They're, that's just the way it works. Yeah, I hear you. It could actually, it, I think you're right, it would work better with younger audiences than when it will people like us. I agree with that. Um, so, my guess is they may try to implement it, but it's that's a big mm -hmm. project, man. Like, also something you could put on, like, the, you know, the, the Play Anywhere thing. Like, this isn't out of place on a mobile tablet right. or something. Yeah. Um, because here's the thing. like Maybe they wouldn't do it as, like, 
something you could play on the Xbox itself, yeah, or your PC. But maybe it's something if you're using Xbox anywhere on on for Game Pass on like a tablet or a phone, then it, then you get you can do the ad version on that or something. That's true. Like you do, like for example, like you get like an eighth of a penny per ad view. Mm-hmm. So if you do the math, like you're trying to make up ten dollars in a month with one eighth of a penny per ad. That's a lot of ads. Right, but also if, if you do the math on that as, like, you're getting $5 from all these people who otherwise would be giving you nothing. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's different. That's true. Um, so anyway, I think, to your point, though, it's you're right. It, I don't think that they're counting on people sticking with that. I don't think they're worried about no. making up the $10. They're counting on people finding it so annoying yeah. that they upgrade or buy the game. I mean, that's how the mobile games work, too. They don't, you know, they don't want to get make their money off the ads either they want to make them they want 2.99 out of you to never see an ad again because that's way more i mean how many ads is 2.99 do the math it's a shit time way more than you're gonna watch (laughs) in your time playing the game yeah yeah that's why i'm saying like it would never work financially to just show three ads before you start playing a game and then let you play that game for three hours without seeing Mm -hmm. another ad that would never work financially but as you said if that's not the goal then it might work so yeah unless you want to put commercial breaks in the game which feels Questionable. I mean, again, you'd have to retrofit all the games to do that. I mean, you could, you could do an API that would do that. Like, you know, just basically over, override it with the yeah. with the OS. Um, well, it's kind of like I do deal with the like, same thing But that's YouTube. not going to really fly on a multiplayer game. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing the same thing, like, on YouTube with Game Face, for example. Like, I could go back, and there's 300 and some episodes of Game Face. 371 now. I could go back, and I could watch those episodes and find great cliffhanger points. Like, when I put ads in game face to run on youtube youtube crew if you're watching what's up i try to do it smartly like i I, first of all we only run an ad once every 12 minutes max like we don't load up game face with ads but we do put them in there and we you try to find places where it makes sense we finish one topic and move on to another or you or i finish a salient point or sometimes i will do cliffhangers where you and i will say but you know what and then pause there and put it in ad i can do that or I can just let YouTube do it and go back and just randomly insert them where it thinks. I just let YouTube do it. Like, I'm not going to go back through 200 three-hour episodes of Game Face and look for the points to insert those ads. Like, I'm just not going to do it. And I think that's the problem that Microsoft will eventually run into when it goes to try to retrofit all this stuff on Game Pass. I mean, you could also just run them in a little window on top of the game. That's true. Um, that's actually like, not a bad way God to do help it. you recover my health bar. Like, I, <laughs> Again, you have to be a game by game basis. Are you yeah. covering up an important part of the HUD in the game? Like it's, it seems like again, to your point, this is not set up to be the moneymaker. It's set up to convince people to upgrade. Yeah, it's a funnel, not a, right. not an endpoint. Yep. That would be our guess anyway. So I, I'm interested though, if some of you guys would be interested in playing game pass for $5 a month with ads, yeah. A totemish, thank you for Twitch Prime. You remember when, what was it? Was it Skate 3? Link So Good says, I watch a lot of sports I'm used to ads. Me too. But it's like my mind has accepted that I watch ads while I watch sports. My mind has not accepted that in the middle of playing a game that I really like, an ad is going to pop up. Well, what was, was it Skate 3 that had the the quote-unquote feature that they could do real-time ads and like change the billboards and stuff? It was um, the game. well NBA 2K already did in game ads, right? And people I'm, freaked out and they got. But rid I'm of them. thinking of it was a it was a skate. I want to say it was skate through. It was a skateboarding thing or something because it. But like the, when it launched, the only like ad partnership they had was the Simpsons movie, which was just a white bill. Is a white poster. You're with right. The that Simpsons that was a, a thing. And like so, the whole game the was just white with the Simpsons logo on it. And yeah. It was like the most boring thing you could possibly look at. In game ads, I don't think are gonna work. 
No. Like that. Like in the world ads. Yeah. Like I mean, you could, ads. but you got to make it a little less repetitive and simply it's like the coca-cola can thing in the law and order repeats right you know yeah where if you see a coca-cola go watch a law a syndicated cop episode of law and order if you ever see a coca-cola can that was not there in the initial broadcast that right. is a cg coca-cola can that they added paid. to the syndicated version that coca-cola paid paid uh the, the i can't remember is that nbc that does that i think so law and order paid, yeah. the, paid them to put that's ad placement that was not there. That was not on yeah. set. That was a, they just put they retrofitted CG it. drink cans yeah. in this thing, and like yeah. that's that's how you do it. Yeah, because no one would ever know. That's true. But, but out there, like maybe maybe you know ten thousand people are gonna see that can and be like, I'd like a Coca Cola right now. Oh, yeah, right. And there you go. Yeah, I'm one of them. <laughs> so that's, anyway, that color red has been proven to make people thirsty. Oh really? Uh, in in like blind because of the association with Coca Cola. Wow. That is all, and also crazy. that the brighter shade of red has the same effect in terms of hunger because of McDonald's. They're programming. They're programming. Program. Yeah, it's all they really program. <laughs> they um, live as a documentary, kids. Yeah. So anyway, I think what what we're gonna see is that Microsoft is has to figure out how to make money with Game Pass. It's too late. It can't turn around now. So I think we're going to start seeing stuff like this, experiments where they're trying to figure out ways to hook people to get them into the ecosystem and then ultimately subscribe at that full price. Or as Matt said, buy the games at full price where they get their nice little cut off the top. So we'll see. But I do think we'll see changes to Game Pass in 2024 along those lines. Um, next up, and we're almost done with uh, housekeeping. Matt, so I found out something this week that shocked me. Mm -hmm. And that is that Fallout 76 has 17 million players. <laughs> 17 million players, Matt. I mean, I'm sure that's the number of people who have played it once. Probably. More, you know, like I'm technically one of those 17 million players because yeah. I played it on a free weekend three years ago mm -hmm. and have never touched it again. Yeah. Um, those free weekends have probably really inflated that number. Or being on Game Pass. Yeah. Because people just see Fallout 76, they've probably forgotten that when it came out, Everybody railed it and thought it was terrible. Yeah. And truth be told, Bethesda has stuck with it and has improved it a great deal. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a much better game now. It's still not really what I want from Fallout, but like um, they've done a lot of work on it. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, it's, I just, I, I'd be more curious to know what the regular, you know, the 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 player count is for people who play regularly, right? You know, like weekly. How many people play it once a month? Yeah. Or like once a week, you know, how many people complete the, the weekly goals or daily yeah. goals? You know, My sure. guess would be around 100,000 people. Yeah, in the hundreds of thousands. <laughs> that's what I would guess. Definitely not 17 million, that's for sure. Um, it's a it's a cool number to have to throw away, throw around. Yeah. Like, but as I, I'm, you know, that's cl clearly just the number of people who have signed in to Fallout 76 once in their lives. I would also like to see, like, how many of those 17 million came online when it went free on Game Pass. Well, free. I know people hate when we yeah. say that. But. I mean, it depends because like they've had a lot of free weekends even before that. Yeah. On every platform. Yeah. So they they definitely use the the you know street drug dealer method on this game. It's first like the one's first free. one's free for yeah. sure. Um, which you know is not a bad idea. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, it's, it's a good idea for a game, especially a game that like people are skeptical of. Mm -hmm. So nothing wrong with that. Or you, I mean, you can have a bad demo. We've we've had that before. No, for sure. What would it take for you to? Go back to Fallout 76 and play it again. Anything, oh, could anything do no. it? 
Yeah. Nothing. It's 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 not what I want from Fallout. So I mean, we're not going to get another Fallout at this point for six years. I'm guessing. Well, there's continual rumors that Obsidian has a New Vegas two right. in the works, um, which I would be on board for. Would you consider that a mainline Fallout game? I would consider a Fallout game made by the company that is made up of the people who originally made Fallout to be a mainline Fallout game even more than the the <laughs> Fair enough. Honestly, I understand that perspective. Um, to, to, to me, the Fallout series is pretty much Fallout 1, Fallout 2, Fallout New Vegas, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. I like Fallout 3. I don't like Fallout 4 very much. Uh, Fallout 4... Fallout 4, honestly, is sort of the stepping stone between old school... Like, kind of Fallout 3 and Starfield's gunplay. Yeah. And Fallout 4 just feels too far the other side of primitive for me i just didn't like the homestead this stuff feels a lot better 4. than fallout 4 to me the, the actual gunplay in this feels better than fallout 4 well when it first part. came out the net code was not great no and, but once they kind of healed it up I, I i think i first played it like probably a year and a half or something after it came out yeah it was when the first or second big dlc was coming and it was pretty good like, yeah. it worked pretty well it's not something i really have space in my life for um, but like it, it, it worked. I liked it in terms of kind of moment to moment gameplay more than I like Fallout Four. But the online thing just does nothing for me. Me, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't feel like um, it doesn't feel like a Fallout game to me. Yeah, what was a? I saw a tweet that made me think of of uh, actually both of us a, while, a few days ago. Um, I'm gonna have to find it. It was it was a little while ago. Yeah, this this game there like looks like Fallout, but it doesn't um, feel like Fallout. Oh yeah, this is Mike Drucker actually, but it's a game trailer. Enter a world beyond belief. Me, yes. Game trailer. An adventure like never before. Me, yes. Game trailer. Join your friends online. Me, I'm out. Hundred <laughs> like, percent. See you later. Hundred percent true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I obviously don't feel that way, <laughs> no, but uh, I do enjoy playing games online with folks. But um, I would rather play a Fallout game by myself. I'll just yes. say that right now for sure. Yeah. This is one franchise I would prefer to play solo. And I would. I would love it if Obsidian actually is doing a Fallout, Fallout New Vegas. I mean, it doesn't have to be New Vegas too. It can be whatever the hell they yeah, want, yeah. wherever they want to set it. But but basically, another Obsidian Fallout would be very welcome. Yeah. So anyway, we th- a lot of times we think you know we play something, we don't like it, we put it in the rearview mirror and publishers and developers go on and improve it we very rarely return to see if they've actually improved it all that much so vincent says fallout 76 right now has 9.6 thousand players on steam right now and 12k so 9600 9600 players playing right now on steam 12,000 at once as the is the peak of all time of on, all time on, on steam so probably triple that for consoles yeah you probably about a hundred thousand. About a hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're in that realm. <laughs> I was close. Um, so anyway, uh, will you go back and play Fallout 76? No. Will I? No. Will you guys? Maybe some of you guys are playing it. Doesn't look like it based on chat. Oh, the 24-hour peak of the last 24 hours. Oh, the okay. last 24 hours. Gotcha. All-time peaks 32,000. A million right. miles away. Thank you for Twitch Prime, bro. If you are a bro and not a girl. Um, yeah. So there you go. Fallout 76. It must have something. Is getting people to come back and play. It must yeah. have improved at least a little Fallout's bit over time. a strong brand. I mean, you know, in terms of interest and appeal. I mean, even I, I've been surprised by how many non-gamer people I know uh, here and up north that are aware of the TV show because of that trailer. Yeah. And don't know anything about Fallout, but we're just like, oh, that looks really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not wrong. I mean, yeah. Yeah, Fallout's a compelling setting. It is. I agree. So we'll see. Yep. Uh, next up. 
CES 2024 is going on right now. It really just kicked off yesterday. Although if you're a part of the press, things actually kind of kick off the weekend before there's press events. If you're in the know, you can get in to see some of this stuff before the show actually kicks off. Um, but CES typically is a tech show. It's not really a gaming show. However, mm. in years past... Well, it used to be. Well, it used to and be. And then E3 was, spun off of it. Now E3's dead, so maybe gaming's got to come back to CES. It, you're, you're right. Although I'll say, if this year is any indication, that has not happened yet. I don't think anyone feels <laughs> that they're missing... <laughs> No. I wouldn't say I'm missing it, Bob. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the timing doesn't really work for like an E3 type thing either. No. Like in January. There's always a bad time for me. That was one of the big reasons to want to get away off. from it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, CES does happen, though. And as you know, we don't just care about <laughs> like We just put our holiday releases out. We're tired. Yeah, pretty much. You're yeah. trying to sell a TV. Yeah. <laughs> it's two different things. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, as you know, if you're into playing games and other, there are other things around tech that are important to you, televisions, monitors, and things mm -hmm. like that. And CES is also, if you're a PC gamer, CES is honestly maybe the yeah. biggest week of the year. Or, I mean, play, Sony put some, I mean, they announced a Gravity Rush movie. Yeah. What? Randomly. The two, the games where they both, I mean, I like both those games, but they bombed. To the point you won't even fucking make anymore. And but they're making. They're making a movie out of it. I don't get it either. I mean, they made a, twi a, a twisted metal show, and they haven't put a twisted metal game out in how long? I mean, yeah. I don't know what the decision making process is over here. I don't either. It's like, like he's managing their IP. I don't know. Last of Us is like a great choice. Well, that was a no brainer. Like, no brainer, of course. <laughs> I mean, but like, anybody. Could but you think that. a number of other things would be no brainers, and they're just right. not doing that. I know it's weird. Like, why is there? They no, might want to Why is there no infamous? There. I don't know. Would that be obvious to yeah. me? You don't even you don't even need to use anything of the game other than people get superpowers yeah, that's in it. Seattle. That's all you need. You know, like, just, just <laughs> that's it. Do it. And run with it. You yeah. don't need to put Zeke in it. Nobody needs yeah. to have Zeke again. But like, how is that? I mean, that's right. That's Zeitgeist, right? You want to deconstruct shit and like, yeah. yeah. Well, it is our job to look at things like CES and find the stuff that actually matters to you guys instead of you guys having to go out and do it yourselves. That is one of our jobs, one of our goals here at Game Face. And so we have plucked out the most important gaming stuff from CES 2024. The biggest story so far is yet another Steam Deck competitor. It is the MSI Claw PC gaming handheld. Um, You're scared of the claw. Yeah, this is the most powerful PC handheld yet because it is running on Intel's new Meteor Lake chip. It's capable of rendering your head clean off. <laughs> well, basically, I mean, this is Intel's chip that it is kind of made just for this, for like small, PC gaming applications, not just handhelds, also laptops and things like that. But MSI is building it into its handheld. It is hands down the most powerful PC handheld yet. It has 16 gigs of RAM. It has a seven inch uh, 1080p display at 120 hertz. It's the size of a small cat. Yeah. It is an IPS display, so the the input lag is very low. IPS displays are great for that. It has Wi-Fi 7 and Bluetooth 5.4. There's also a Thunderbolt USB-C port, a micro SD card slot, and a power button with a fingerprint reader. They also say that it has two hours of battery life, which is always Jeez. the big X factor with these. Um, two hours? I don't know. That seems okay to me. Like, if you're a commuter or whatever, most I people... Yes, but, like, man... You better, be going so, you better be going somewhere with an outlet if you got to come home. I yeah. mean, even with that new Intel chip, that's still the best that they can do. I mean, look, if you have a 1080p screen, that's a decent screen. Yeah. It's just going to suck the battery. That's all there is to it. Like, there's only so much you can do, unfortunately. 
Um, so yeah, you're getting two hours of battery life with this. But again, all initial reports are this is easily the most impressive PC handheld release so far, even better than the Steam Deck OLED, which just launched, what, about a month, a month and a half ago. Um, and how much does this cost? Oh, they didn't announce that yet. Which, mm. there you go. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> um, I'm sure maybe by the end of CES, or maybe even today, they've announced some of the pricing stuff, but my research from yesterday did not have any of that information Also, in naming it. something I'm supposed to play handheld, the claw, does not make me feel yeah. great about your comfort <laughs> zone. Your well, comfort I think zone aren't the claws like those things that wrap around cell phones typically? Yeah. Yeah. But I like, think they're just trying to maybe give you that impression with it. Oh, yeah. They announced the price last oh, yesterday. They did. Starts at 700 I mean, that's kind of what these high-end PC handhelds mm-hmm. are going for. Does it, break, does it break a grand here? The the, baseline, the higher models. The baseline version is uh, seven. Seven hundred. Start it's said to have a six hundred ninety-nine USD starting price when it begins hitting retail channels in the near future. Okay. So the better models with a bigger hard drive, bigger battery, they'll cost more. Be yeah. my guess, but that's basically what these cost. Like the cheaper versions of Steam Deck were less than that, but a lot of people that bought those cheaper versions of the Steam Deck regretted buying the cheaper versions of the Steam Deck. Just putting that out there. So another option. Now there's the Rogue Ally Steam Deck MSI Claw. Am I missing one? Is there one other one? I don't know. Yeah, it's becoming a crowded market. Like how big is the market for this? I'm really wondering like if there's really that many people that want PC handhelds. Um, yeah, uh, can Steam Deck be used on a TV? Silk Snake's asking. asking yeah, you can. T- there's an HDMI ports out on these. So I've mentioned before that like if you're looking at building a mid-range gaming PC, you could do do a lot worse than buying one of these and just plugging the HDMI port into a monitor and a keyboard. So um, there's a bigger market than just people who want handheld PCs, but I don't think the vast majority of the the uh, casual consumer market would ever look at one of these and be like, I could buy that instead of building a little PC. Mm-hmm. I just don't see them connecting the dots in that way. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but easily the biggest story out of CES in gaming so far is the MSI Claw. Um, and wait, did they say a release date for that? Because I didn't have that written down either. Um... Most of the stuff that was announced at CES seems like it's coming out soon. Like this month or like next month or whatever. These PC handhelds almost always do that, by the way. They announce them and they're like, and in two weeks it's on sale. First quarter, potentially as early as February. There you go. Yeah, so not too long to wait. Uh, The second big story, gaming story, well, kind of, from CES. One of the few console manufacturers that actually does an annual press conference at CES is Sony. And it's not PlayStation. It's Sony. It's a, mm. There's a difference there. Because Sony does have TVs to sell. Yeah. Last year, and usually what happens is, during this presser... And cameras. Yeah. During this presser at CES, there's always a very small section for PlayStation. Last year, they showed off Gran Turismo 7 in VR, mm-hmm. for example. Gran Turismo Sport got pulled off the I saw door. That. I saw what that. What the hell was that? I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Um, and the, the, the one thing that they showed, Matt already kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. One of them was a film, and then the other one is a new Patapon game. So there's a video that they show in this presentation. I it was an anime. No, it looked like a game to me. I mean, they show it being played. Patapon? Yeah. I it was, I a it was new Patapon game. Yeah. There's a video clip that they show during this presentation. This is like a chopped down version of it. Um, but they show 
like a full if you watch the full thing there's a video where they show patapon they they're talking about um one of their incubator um parts of the company where they incubate ideas and they show footage of a new patapon game while they're talking about that incubator inside sony so people are just speculating a new Patapon's coming. It was footage of an unnamed Patapon project labeled IP Development Gaming slash Anime. Yeah, there so you go. nobody knows <laughs> what it is. Sony did not elaborate whether it was a mysterious project, was a game, an animation project, or simply a test. The footage that they show, it looks like a game. It looks like Patapon. Um, but so that's one of the few gaming things that they showed. And then another thing that PlayStation did was they drove a car onto their stage... That was controlled by the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller. So they have an electric car that Honda is working on, and they drove the car on stage controlling it with a DualSense controller, which is just terrifying. <laughs> to think that there are going to be cars out there that you're controlling with a video game controller. I found that to be very, very interesting. Um, and that was pretty much it. Those were the only gaming announcements or gaming-related things that PlayStation had it at its CES presser. They did show, as you saw a minute ago, they talked about The Last of Us, how it's a big hit on HBO and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but otherwise, it was very slim with gaming. Probably the slimmest that it's been in years and years at CES. Usually there's something more significant that they show at that presser. This year they did not. They decided to focus on their consumer electronics instead. Um, and then a couple smaller things that came out of CES. Um, Razer showed off a new laptop called the Razer Blade 16. Matt, it is crazy what the performance that they're getting out of laptops at this point. Mm. Like, it is hard to rationalize, unless you're somebody like you who wants to build the ultimate gaming rig. It's kind of hard to rationalize buying like full tower PCs anymore because of the stuff that they're getting out of these. I mean, again, this Razer laptop, look how thin it is. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a good enough element to these these gaming laptops now. Um, not not for me. Yeah. But like, yeah, they're very impressive. Well, the thing is, is this one has like this display, this OLED display that has yet to ever be used in a laptop or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one of the big unique selling propositions for the Razer 16. Obviously, you're seeing a lot of the specs and what they're jamming an i9 process. It's crazy. There it is. The 240 hertz OLED. 240 frames per second on a laptop for some games, which is nuts. So it's pretty crazy to see where laptops are going at this point, gaming laptops. Like... I'm considering like building a new PC because I built one when I launched Sifted. I need a new one. And I'm really starting to wonder if like I should just buy a gaming laptop instead. Um, no. But um, I mean, it kind of depends what sort of footprint you have available. Mm -hmm. Like you the room for a I mean, real, I have for, space for, for a PC. PC. I would say those are still the best options because they have you have more options. You can swap things out. So much stuff is soldered to the board now on laptops that yeah. like one you thing can't goes, really one thing goes wrong, you're sending that whole thing in. Like, yeah, you know, that's true. Um, you can't even upgrade the memory. Sometimes you can't upgrade the the visual. Like you know, yeah, some, very few laptops let you upgrade anything. Yeah, it's it's all solid state now, yeah. basically, or glued to the board. Yeah, um, onboard graphics. Like that, and I remember, and I remember a time. When that was like only Max did that, right? And the whole point <laughs> of PC laptops was you weren't locked into that. Yeah. Now it's all it's all that. It is that way. Yeah. Um, so I do prefer the the ability to get in there and do what you need to do on a on a full full scale PC. Yeah. Um, well, there's obviously arguments for. I mean, that's a beautiful screen. It's they they can you know that thing can scream on Cyberpunk, no yeah. question. Um, I just would prefer to 
you know, you know me. I'm a, I'm a bit of a size queen when it comes yeah, to screens. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd rather play on my 40 inch 4K you know monitor well i think the idea is that you would plug at home you would plug the laptop into your monitor and yeah you can do that you can dock it and then yeah. you know the same you get all the same stuff but, but again me, you can't upgrade it you can't add right. a lot of stuff to well, it Well, for me like i'm not going to take that anywhere yeah like if somebody needs that also to be their work pc or like kind of their general because i have a macbook for that well, it's like i go home for the holidays i'm right now i'm using this old web book from yeah. this like eight years old and like i have to keep going into the chrome and like cranking up the font size yeah. and then I need to shrink it back down because the admin doesn't scale right and I need to select images for store. I need an, I probably need a new laptop is what I'm getting at. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out whether it's better to go the cheap route and spend like four or $500 on a new web book that's a little bit better or whether it's to go full Monty buy a laptop for yeah. a G or more. I mean, well, I mean, these, some of like that thing, that's going to be like $3,000. Yeah. You're probably right. Like at that yeah. point, you might as well just buy no, you're right. a, well 40, a 4090, you know, true. like, yep. You're right. Bite the bullet. Yep. But anyway, that Razer laptop is awesome. It is really the piece of uh, PC gaming hardware that really caught my eye at CES. And then the final gaming related thing that's come out of CES so far is that Hyperkin is working on a new controller. It's calling the Duchess which is a remake of the original Xbox controller S. Oh, because of the Duke. Yeah. I get it. And it's, they're calling it the Duchess. And See, To me, that conjures up like imagery, imagery of a spoiled dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the controller S, once upon a time, was considered the best controller in gaming. Yeah, controller S was good. It was great. Like, particularly after the Duke, which was like this weird yeah. like dome thing that you I never had with. a problem with the Duke. Really? The contr- no, with the I, little dinky black and white buttons that hurt your fingers to press? No, it never bothered me. Wow. Um, in fact, I prefer the Duke for fighting games because the, the buttons are more lined up. That like I can understand. By, like a three by three. Yeah. And then they moved them kind of down here and indented them on the and the uh, the S, which in general was fine. But yeah. for, a, for like if I was going to play like a street fight, because that was one of the only places you could play Capcom versus S and K. Yeah. Um, and I would switch to the Duke. Um, yeah. I never had a problem with the Duke, but the controller S is better. Yep, um, for sure. Also, the I do. I, I guess I remember the one time problem I guess I had with the Duke was when we first got the dev the, the dev kit the deep or the debug mm-hmm. for the for review. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, and we had to review all the launch games. And that thing had a launch. That thing had like twelve games. It at did, launch. yeah. So a bunch of us started just playing them, like playing. We had two debugs, I think, and we we're just playing, playing, playing. And, and Miguel. Uh, my, you know, we, we, you, you knew Miguel, former coworker, back yeah. in the day. Yep. We were both just playing. So we, we, we stayed after work because we were, you know, what twenty five. Yeah, we didn't. You know, we, we were like, like oh, where yeah, am I going? Stay, we have the new the, Xbox here. Game, I'm not going home. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I was playing Project Gotham Racing, which was great, um, uh, the easily time, the best all time. Yeah. And he was playing something. Else. I don't remember what he was playing. Something else. And uh, hours, like, we're, and finally we realized we were hungry, so we we're, would go get some 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 dinner. And so I've been probably playing that game for like four, five, six hours at that yeah. point. And we're walking out, and I'm like, my finger feels really weird because I'd been holding that giant stiff trigger oh, to, right. to accelerate yeah, the yeah, cars yeah. the whole time. And do you know how when you hit your finger with a hammer, and it kind of feels like the nail is trying to escape? Yeah, kind of rise up. Pulse in the nail. Feel your your your, your finger sort of trying to like rise up and escape from it. It felt like that, (laughs) and I'm like, I think I hurt my, I think I really hurt my finger using this controller. That's crazy. He's like, well, we're gonna have to mention that in the review. I was like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I was not a fan of the Duke ever. Um, 
I hear you. They were. It was kind of good for fighting games, but for everything mm-hmm. else, it just just weird. Yeah. Like, I I still I when I bloated up my old uh, my Xbox original Xbox like a couple of years ago just to like play some old stuff. Um, it still isn't backwards compatible. I I pulled out the Duke. I yeah. used the Duke. Interesting. Uh, well, the controller ass people loved it because a lot of people didn't like the Duke when it came out. Now this is great. Yeah. Still now the Hyperkin nice. remake they haven't said yet. Well, whether it will work with other platforms other than Xbox and PC. I'm pretty confident it will. Yeah. It's just going to be a Bluetooth controller with the layout uh, and the the form factor of the controller S. So um, a lot of you may not be old enough to remember the controller S or have ever played with it, um, oddly enough. But it is a great controller. Just another option, again, coming out from Hyperkin. Uh, No release date or price on that yet. But uh, that's it. That's pretty much all the big gaming stuff from CES 2024. Some things may pop up on down the road. Like there's been some cool monitor tech. Again, Go to sifted.net. We've been curating a ton of stuff from CES there. This was just the important stuff that was worth mentioning here on Game Face. Um, Okay, and we got a little bit of news this morning. Um, We found out that we are going to get the first look, first real look, at Bethesda's Indiana Jones game next week on January 18th, which I was really surprised by. Like, I keep forgetting that's a thing. What, Indiana Jones? The Indiana Jones game. Well, just recently, Todd Howard, someone asked him about it when they launched uh, Starfield. And he kind of hinted that, like, yeah, you're not going to get a real look at that for a while. Well, he was wrong, because yeah. here it well, comes. People are saying that it's this year. That blows my mind that it would be coming this year. I mean, it has been a while. I mean, it makes sense because yeah. the movie came out last year. Yeah, it, probably wanted it net la- uh, right. last Right, it missed year. the whole striking while the iron's hot thing. Although the iron never got too hot. No, it never did. That, that movie did not do particularly well, no. um, either critically or at the box office. But we're going to get a look at this, and we're going to get another look at Hellblade. There's a big developer showcase happening next week from Microsoft slash Xbox. And so we'll get a look at those two games. Um, you excited for the Indiana Jones game? It's from Machine Games. I mean, they're a pretty good developer. Yeah, but Indiana Jones is a... How long do you want to spend on this? Indiana Indiana Jones is a very interesting game property because on the surface, it feels like it should be... A no-brainer. Super no-brainer. Like, completely <laughs> obvious. Like, right. guy goes around whipping Nazis and yeah. finding treasure. Whipping their like, guns out a, of their hands. Like, that's and... basically a video game already, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. But when you get down to it, the thing that makes Indiana Jones special, and the people that have made the last two sequels had trouble with this, too, um, it's not just that. Yeah. It's when you, when you really look at Indiana Jones movies, because there is a formula, because they are based on the old serial adventure things. Mm-hmm. There's really only like three action sequences in an Indiana Jones movie. The rest yeah. is discovery. The rest is exploration. The rest is character stuff. Great the writing. Rest, the rest is yeah. all the banter and the. And you know what? Indiana Jones game did that best. Indiana Jones: The Fate of Atlantis, which is a point-and-click adventure game that LucasArts made in the early '90s. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't even remember it. I was like, wait a minute, I can't. <laughs> it's from like '91. Going through my mental Rolodex, and I'm like, I don't remember that. Like '91 by the guy, I believe the guys who did Monkey Island oh. and Maniac, Maniac Mansion. Okay. And it is. I never played. It, it is the best non-movie Indiana Jones adventure. And it's it's actually all story-driven. It's story driven. And it was actually written as. A follow, like you know, what would we do if this was a ne- another movie? And it's like yeah. done exactly. It's set in the thirties. It's done like it's it's Indiana Jones, top yeah. to bottom. And it was based on the previous one they did. They did a Last Crusade game that was a 
the text part, like, like Maniac Mansion, where you pick from the menu of words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis is more like a prototype of what became their point and click, sort of the the full. Th- it wasn't. I think it was before Loom, so it wasn't that thing where like you can't die and you're sort of. But it is sort of the precursor to that. Okay. Um. If you, and it's you can get it on GOG and a bunch for of a dollar it's, or whatever. It's, it's super. It's still super good. Wow. Like, to the hidden gems of that style of game from that era is that and the uh, Star Trek 25th anniversary point and click game. Those are great. Because I was about um, to say, there's never been a great Indiana Jones game. No, that Despite is. Despite it being fate, prime fate, territory. Fate of, fate of Atlantis is a great Indiana Jones game. Okay. That's the one. Yeah. Um, uh, Indiana Jones and his desktop adventures has its moments too, even though it's very dumb. Very simple. Yeah, um, I never played that either. That is a. That, I'm getting. That's. I'm getting an early. Yeah. Do, MS DOS three okay. point, like Windows <laughs> three point oh shit. Yeah, right. This is old. Um, this is like predating Dark Forces right. shit. So we played um, games on cassette tapes. Yeah, and um, <laughs> other than that, it's just been sort of like, oh, that should have been better than it was. Yeah. Um, I the, the old Temple of Doom arcade game is all right, um, but once you get in the modern day, you're like when the people are just kind of sort of endlessly trying to sort of this thing you know the the collective did one i want to say that like should have been better than it was emperor's tomb um uh infernal machine yeah they're like, none of them are good for a while people were trying to like kind of cram indiana jones in the tomb raider mold which again seems obvious but that's not what indiana jones no, is it's not um yeah. the thing i will say in favor of this is machine games sort of approach to flow and tone and pacing in the wolfenstein in the modern wolfenstein games is pretty close to what indiana jones should be because one of the things that gives me some optimism on this is machine games is not afraid to slow things down they're not afraid to make it character driven they're not afraid to like really dig into some stuff yeah um and indiana jones needs that it does yeah um, you need, you know, um, one of the things that uh, ever, you know, comparing Indiana Jones all the time to like Uncharted, but when you think about it, what's one of the most Indiana Jones things in Uncharted? What is one of the most Indiana Jones things about Nathan Drake? His wit. Yeah, but I'm th- something very specific. His outfit. His notebook. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. The fact that he's smart. The yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. he opens the thing and figures it, it solves fact, it keeps yeah. notes on everything yeah, yeah he knows he's an expert yeah, yeah. that's the thing yeah he's an, an archaeologist ex- he's yeah. an expert on stealing shit yeah. but you know what <laughs> so is indiana jones right. yeah yeah he is yeah indiana jones is a grave robber yeah yeah um because the 30s uh, 20s and 30s archaeologist that's pretty much, pretty much what, what you did as they say the only reason the pyramids are in egypt is because they couldn't be moved to the british museum <laughs> Yeah, um, it belongs in the museum. No, it kind of probably belongs where you found it. Yeah, um, it doesn't belong with Belloc, but it also doesn't belong with you. Right. But like that's the fun of it, you know. And and if you can find that balance, it could be great. The problem is, no one's ever found that balance again after Last Crusade. Yeah. Even Steven Spielberg. No, you're right. He couldn't do it. You yeah. know. Even George. Do Lucas. I think Machine Games is going to do it? Probably not. No, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'll keep my mind open. But anyway. Next week, January 18th, both that game and Hellblade 2, which I'm guessing will probably get just a like not some cut together gameplay trailer. My guess is we're just going to see them play Hellblade 2, I would think. There's you nothing hope. left to do at this point in that. Yeah, there's nothing left other than to show us the actual game. <laughs> Developer walkthrough. So anyway, that'll be next week, although I think it's happening after Game Face next week, so we probably won't be able to it's discuss it. It's a Thursday, so yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. That is... 
a really long housekeeping section. I guess ultimately there were more stories than I thought about or than I thought over the last couple weeks. Our housekeeping is done. We're ready to get into the bulk of the show. But before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. LS Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com sifted. That's creamls.com sifted. So I have to say, when I was in my little sleepy town in central PA for the holidays, I went to the beer distributor, as you saw on my Twitter account. I posted some photos of that. Bought some Yingling beer, which is my favorite Pennsylvania beer. I know it's not high class for people that are really big beer aficionados, but as somebody who grew up in Pennsylvania and has to pay like $50 a case for Yingling here in LA, I was very happy to buy a case of Yingling there. It's also Anakin Skywalker's favorite beer. Really? Is that true? He's killed all the Yinglings. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Have you, heard, have you heard of Yingling before? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I get, most people haven't out here. Most people are like, i never heard of that before. But to us in Pennsylvania, it's God-tier beer. So I got a case or two of that. And then I also went to the liquor store. And I have to admit, I searched all over that liquor store, and it did not have LS Cream. And I think I know why. It's because Pennsylvania is insane, and the state runs the liquor stores there. Mm. They are called state stores in Pennsylvania. And they are, I'll say this. They have loosened their grip a little bit. It used to be that you could not buy liquor in Pennsylvania on the weekend. You had to get to the state store by the time it closed at like 8 or 9 o'clock on a Friday night, or you were not getting any liquor for the whole weekend. It always blows my mind that people that are like super conservative are often from these areas where like they, they're, they're screaming about freedom all the time, but they're like, you live in these counties that are like these draconian ass like no, liquor right. laws that I can't. It, dude, it, Pennsylvania it's is so really weird. weird because Pennsylvania has basic has two major cities and a third that's almost a major city. You have Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and in the center of the state, Harrisburg. It's not like there's a lack of like urbanity in mm -hmm. Pennsylvania. There's plenty of it. It was living in Philadelphia and not being able to buy liquor over the weekend was absurd. You're just like, are you freaking kidding me? Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's Meanwhile, ridiculous. Meanwile, in California, when we when we were 21, we were shocked to learn that the liquor stores closed at two. Well, we're like, or you like, can go to two, the you can't buy you can't buy it all night. What the hell is wrong? Well, with at you? the grocery store, you pretty much can. At 2 a.m., they stop selling it at the grocery store. They start selling it again at 5 a.m. So there's a three-hour window where you cannot buy liquor in California. Mm -hmm. That's it. So anyway, the state runs the liquor stores in Pennsylvania, and so. I need to talk to the owner of Ellis Cream about getting his stuff into the state stores, but it's a thing. He it's just, like he's just said that's why we can't get Ellis Cream in Pennsylvania. There you go, Lestevit. There he is. I'm sorry, man. I tried to go buy your stuff. I asked him at the counter. I'm like, where is Ellis Cream? And they're like, well, what is that? I'm like, it's a better alternative to Bailey's. And they're like, oh, we don't sell it. And that's why, because the state runs it, and you have to jump through all these bureaucratic BS hoops mm -hmm. in order to get your liquor so in. So basically. Store. 
We got to send Ellis Cream to the state representative. That's right, man. That's what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. We need to start a hashtag or something to get Ellis Cream into Pennsylvania's liquor stores. Hashtag free Ellis Cream. Maybe that's the one that we can use. But anyway, I was very disappointed to find out that it wasn't there, and so I had to go th- through the holiday season not drinking Ellis Cream. It sucked. It was a huge mistake. I did talk about it to a lot of my friends, but they're like, "Bro, I'm never gonna be able to buy it," and I'm like, "You're right." then that sucks. So we need to do something about the liquor laws in Pennsylvania. It is so weird how conservative some laws are in Pennsylvania. Again, considering that there are two bona fide major cities and a third that's getting there. So, And one of them has the Liberty Bell in it. Right. Seriously. I'm sorry. I thought this was America. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's really crazy. Anyway, go to creamls.com slash sifted. Try to use that URL if you can. It will show you where you can buy LS cream, no matter where you live. Sadly, if you live in Pennsylvania, it's going to tell you that you probably can't get it. Yeah, it's true. Silk Snakes points out in Ireland, uh, you can't buy liquor till the afternoon and it stops at 11. Really? You wouldn't think so. No. Beer, though, you can buy all the time, I'm guessing. Not everything. It's alcohol. Really? Yeah, it, it shuts down real early. That's surprising. For Ireland, that's very surprising. I mean, being Irish, I can tell you it's probably a wise choice. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> we're we're yeah. fine by 11. Yeah, yeah. Trust me. He says just in stores, not pubs. That makes uh, a little yeah. more sense. But still, it sucks. So anyway, let's start it. Hashtag free LS cream. Let's get LS cream in Pennsylvania. Let's make it happen. Uh, but anyway, a big thanks to LS cream coming back for 2024 to sponsor Game Face. We appreciate it very much. All right. It's time to get on with the show proper. And as I said, as I tease in the show open, we're going to talk about something that actually happened a couple weeks ago, but Matt and I have not had a chance to discuss it here on Game Face. And it is one of the biggest news stories of 2023, without a doubt. And that is the hack of Insomniac Games. Um, this would really. Insomniac. Yeah, Insomniac. You're right. I totally blew it with the lower third. That's exactly yeah. what it should have been. Although my lower third isn't terrible, I don't think. <laughs> um, so. Right, right. I guess it was what the nineteenth or the eighteenth of December. The story broke somewhere around sure. there. I don't know. That was that was a a year ago. It feels like a year ago, um, <laughs> but it really wasn't. It was only a couple weeks ago. Um, and basically, what happened is a hacking. What do you call them? Crew organization. Sure. Shitheads. Crew, team. <laughs> um, managed to hack Insomniac Games, and again, I, I say this all the time on Game Face. There's really no such thing as hackers. Like, as we perceive them in, like, the 80s, where some dude could, like, go in and put in some crazy code and, like, get in there and then do more code and then get more... That's it's not, almost all social engineering. Yeah, it's all bullshit. Like, hacking, in reality, is phishing. They are finding a way to use human employees that work at the company to click on a link or download something or install something or input some information in a login somewhere. And that's exactly how they got into Insomniac with this hack. Um, an employee dropped their guard and did something stupid. I actually saw a story yet on the news yesterday where uh, the head of IT at a company got schooled by phishing and he's like it's my entire job to tell people at work to never click on anything never install anything never answer questions and emails and then i got fooled by it so Mm -hmm. everybody can get burned by phishing and that's exactly what happened someone in insomniac let the hackers in and they got just ungodly amounts of data um they wanted 50 bitcoin for the data roughly 2 million usd from Insomniac. Insomniac said get lost. 
And so they released 1.67 terabytes of data that contain more than 1.3 million files. Um, A lot of which was personal information for Insomniac employees. Right. Which is the worst of it all. Like, they, who gives a shit that Wolverine leaked? Uh, like, people lost, people personalized, like, like, all their information is out there. It's, that is the most ruthless like, part of like it Like, they're all. having to provide, like, basically LifeLock stuff for everybody. There was no reason for the hackers to release that information. None. Even if they used it grossly as a bargaining tool to try to get Insomniac to give them the money, once they realized that Insomniac wasn't going to give them the money, they didn't have to then also release the personal information. Mm -hmm. They could have released what people really cared about, which was the information about Insomniac's video games, and oh my god, did they release some information about Insomniac's Mm -hmm. video games. So you alluded to Wolverine. It released a ton of information about Wolverine. Including a playable, like... A playable build build of Wolverine, which is up on YouTube. You can go right now and watch the full 30-minute demo of Wolverine on YouTube still. It's like Insomniac was just like, what can we do? Yeah, you you can't bow down to that. Because the problem, Matt, is that it's a playable build. If it was pre-recorded footage of Insomniac playing Wolverine, that's not a big deal. You can fingerprint that footage and get it zapped on YouTube. So if someone tries to upload it, it's just immediately Mm -hmm. killed. But when it's a playable build, the only thing you can do is constantly search for Wolverine gameplay and then try to take it down that way. You can't use the fingerprinting technology to, to zap it. So there's tons of that footage up on YouTube right now. Did you watch it, Matt? Some of it. I will admit that I did watch it. I will also say that we're not going to show any of it to you today. I could have easily downloaded the demo and recorded my own footage. I could have even just downloaded footage off YouTube and given the YouTube channel credit. I've chosen to not show that footage today out of respect, not just for Insomniac, but for the entire industry that is having this problem right now. So we're not going to show you the footage. You can find it. You've probably figured it out by now. And I will admit that I have watched it. I felt like, I hate to say it, Matt, I felt like it was my job to watch it to be informed about the game. Like, I waffled, like I got to YouTube and I searched for it and I saw the options and I was like, Do I, should I watch this? I mean, I saw a bunch of footage of it it's on like general social media. It was, yeah. it was everywhere for a couple days. Yeah, I mean, I was traveling and dealing with family stuff in Pennsylvania, so I kind of missed the whole thing that happened online with it. But now, that stuff is still up there. So if you want to go watch it, you can. What strikes me the most, Matt, even someone who's worked in this industry for a long time and knows how game development works, is how far along the game is already. Yeah, like, well, there are huge chunks of playable stuff. All the cinematics are placeholder, but, like, there are two huge chunks of the game that you can play right now mm-hmm. with that I mean, playable I, build. I mean, I don't think the um, it, I don't think the gameplay is particularly anything close to what we'll be playing. Like, it feels like, a, it feels like mostly you've sort of, they've sort of sketched out, you know, sort of the flow of how things work. Um, it was bizarre to see how many people, A, don't understand how game development works, even on a very, very basic level, who are criticizing this thing. Yeah. And people who don't know what Wolverine does. Yeah. Like, people were mad that he was climbing walls. And, and like, yeah. Have you ever climbs, read the comic? Puts this claw on the <laughs> wall and climbs the wall. And, uh, and then people are like, oh, uh, oh, another stupid game that has, like, hunt, you know, tracking stuff. Like, Wolverine kills shit. Like, 
Wolverine senses it's the whole he's a fucking train hunt that's what he does one of the first things you introduce the first thing like what one yeah. of the earliest interactions he had with Storm was when he says he's gonna go hunting and she's like how dare you harm innocent animals he's like he's like that's not what hunting is darling I yeah. sneak up to them and touch a deer and that's, yeah. all, that's all I do and, I, and she's like oh I misjudged you Wolverine it's like yeah, yeah. Um, that's his he's a fucking trained ninja Silk like, Snake is like, can you believe people think that the footage was the final game? Yes, we yeah, can, because yeah, this can happened before with Grand Theft Auto, and people are idiots. It's, idiots. So it's just, it was amazing. It's like, oh, a lot of people just know Wolverine from the Hugh Jackman version. Oh, yeah. Which That's, is oh, absolutely. remarkable. I mean, that really doesn't surprise me um, at all, honestly. But, like, you're talking about people that were that are, like, pretending to be comic book experts. Right. Going oh, on okay. about gotcha, this. Gotcha, gotcha. And I'm like... I've been reading Wolverine <laughs> since 1979. That's hilarious. And I am very aware that you don't know what you're talking about right now. Fire Native, um, thank you for Twitch Prime. So like, there's not. I don't really see much to learn from this footage other than, like, yes, Wolverine is coming in a couple of years. I mean, I learned a lot um, about the game. I mean, there's you learn tons of stuff. You can also see there's a lot of carryover between what we're seeing right now, so the Spider-Man game, and some of it may be placeholder. I think, I think you're tons right. tons of it is placeholder. Yeah. I, I think most of the, I think you are sketch... This is a sketch out of, yeah. of what Wolverine may or may not be. I like... You know, you can see... The tenets little, of the game. Little bits of, of animation that are clearly, you know, he punches pretty much like Spider-Man. He, mm-hmm. But all that will be changed. Like, uh, you know, all none of, the, none of the animation in there is even remotely final. Because it's, it's just like they basically have stuck, you know, Spider-Man, you know, basically stuck Wolverine's model over a Spider-Man rig. Because it even has the same mechanics where you beat him up, build up the meter, and then the, the square button icon appears. And then you do, like, your super attack or whatever. Yeah. Like, there are similarities. But when I said I learned something about the game, I meant, like, I know there's going to be extensive stealth elements where you're tracking footsteps and things like that. Right. Like, well, I'm, I'm, And what I'm saying is, like, I could have told you that without seeing that footage because yeah. that's who Wolverine is. Like, yeah. Maybe maybe with a lesser developer, I wouldn't have been sure about that. Yeah. But I know Insomniac's going to capture who Wolverine is the same way they've captured uh, Spider-Man. What I'm most curious about with that game isn't answered by any of that footage, which is like, what is the world? Is the structure going to be level-based or open world? It's open world. If it, if it is open world... You can see it in the footage. You can't see enough of it to tell that one way or the other in terms of like how big this is versus yeah, how, what you're seeing Yeah, I'd say there. that. But I was pretty it convinced like, that it's open world I'm watching not the footage. I all. mean, did you watch the whole... I watched enough of it to know that it could just be big open areas like, well, yeah. like, like I mean, it's possible. Yeah. Like, not Witcher it just 3, Witcher wouldn't 2. make much sense coming from Insomniac. Well, what I'm saying is that it would make perfect sense because that's what Ratchet is. Yeah, um, but they have their engine. Well, you're right. They could be building it on the Ratchet engine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't even need an I mean, an engine just because it can do open world doesn't mean it has to. Yeah. And what I'm saying is that like Wolverine does not have an interesting traversal system in the way that Spider-Man has built into him. Yeah. So instead of having him ride his motorcycle everywhere or something. Yeah. Or you, they you, made it pretty quick, though. His traversal through the city on buildings and stuff was pretty fast. And stuff, but, but I but he can't fly. Yeah, you, you're not gonna be able. To, he's not. He can get zap burned. though. He has this thing where he can like almost uh, almost use like a grapple hook to grapple to enemies. Yeah, but like that's I I just don't see him as yeah. really. Uh, the point we're getting at is like don't go watch that footage and assume that's what the game is gonna be. That's mm-hmm. a fool's errand. Um, the game is gonna change. Here's the thing: it's not supposed to come out until 2026. That's why I couldn't believe how finished some of the parts of the game were already. It's still two plus years away from release, so they're well out ahead of it. They're probably have plenty of time to polish well, the game. Mo- I mean, most Insom- I think Insomniac probably gets a year of polish minimum. That must be, that, that'd be my guess too. So yep. you're probably talking about feature complete by somewhere near the end of this year. Yeah, the bigger stuff to me out of this hack was the rest of the Marvel stuff. We already knew about Wolverine. 
What we didn't know is that behind the scenes, Insomniac had signed huge exclusive deals with Marvel Mm -hmm. to have X-Men exclusive until 2035. Matt, it tripped me out just typing 2035. I typed it out and I was like, tell my eight-year-old me that I would be alive in 2035. One one of the most fascinating things in that to me was uh, the list of characters they can use. Yeah, and, and the ones then, they can't. Yeah. Well, and then the list of characters that they were added on later as a girl because you had the Spider-Man licensed characters, then you had the other characters they added on to that Spider-Man license after the first game was a hit. Then you had the X-Men stuff, then you had the other tertiary X-Men stuff on top of that. Yep. And to this point, they can basically use anyone who isn't an isn't just an Avenger. Yeah. Um and, and then other companies can use some of the characters depending on the context of how they're used. Yeah. Kids games then, are okay. And this has always been... Mobile games are okay. And this has always been how Marvel works. Like, this goes way back. Like, I mean, this had to be a fascinating glimpse behind the scenes for you. Some of it. I, mean, I, I know a fair amount of how... It's fun to see the actual individual characters. They're yeah. Gone, but I've noticed some... Like, for instance, I know that um, in Web of Shadows, um, Wolverine's in that. Yeah. That was supposed to be Daredevil. Originally. Oh really? I didn't know that. But that was uh, basically someone else's. I think you've probably seen stuff where like there was that canceled Daredevil game that they found. Yeah. That was some other somebody else was working on Daredevil at the time, so they couldn't use Daredevil in Web of Shadows, so they used Wolverine because uh, his, his license was available for that. Gotcha. But they wanted to use Daredevil. Yeah. But there's um, tons of stuff coming. There's like, um, so let's see. Marvel's Wolverine is 26, 2025 next year. We're supposed to get Marvel's Venom, by the way, which yeah. hasn't even been announced yet. You think that's really coming next year? Yeah, why not? From Insomniac, it's crazy. Insomniac. The, the crazy thing here is that they announced Wolverine as early as they did. Right. Like they announced that game like six years before they thought it was going to be out. Yeah, it's bizarre. And then Spider Man Three is coming in twenty twenty eight, and then the first X Men game comes in twenty thirty. They begin work on that in twenty twenty five. X Men games are coming in t- till twenty thirty three, uh, and they have the exclusive on the AP until twenty thirty five. And then Insomniac has two other games planned for release. By 2032, a new Ratchet and Clank game and a brand new unannounced IP. How is Insomniac going to get all this done? They're going to have to like double their staff size. Meanwhile, also in the hack, there was all this crap about PlayStation telling Insomniac they need to lay people off because <laughs> their game, because Spider-Man had gone up to 300 million budget or whatever, and they're like, whoa, 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 like you can't set a precedent here at Sony Studios. Like games need to be developed for less than that here, and so mm-hmm. they're telling people to like cut staff meanwhile insomniac's upcoming roster seems impossible to me well i think they would just need to expand to three teams instead of two yeah i mean i got to bloat out and like the that's, studio. i mean they're talking about um that's not bloat that's just expansion uh because what sony's complained about is all that many people in one game that's what that's bloating them up to 300 million dollars for one game they need to kind of control that uh, but three but Three teams working on you know three different games. That's a different situation. I mean, you still have to hire a whole new team hire, but, that but, can make games to your quality. But you're gonna make. Deck. But you're gonna make more money from each of those three games versus all that much money coming coming from one game. Yeah, yeah. I'm right? not saying that they won't be able to make money on it. I'm just saying getting it done, hiring enough talented people to come in and make all these games right. up to the standard of Sony First Party and Insomniac. Right, but I, I don't think you're going to have a problem attracting top-level talent to Insomniac to work on Marvel games. Oh, because it's so. been named the best place to work in America. For... And, and what they make is really good. Yeah. 
Um, you and know, from what I've heard, they pay well too. Th- this ain't gonna be one of those things where I mean, like that's like people are like, oh, why do they announce the Blade game if the Blade game's like 2027? Because they want people to come work for them. Yeah. Because they want to be They're able recruit. to say, hey, come make the Blade game. Yeah. Like that's that's the point of announcing that early is to. I mean, that might have even been why they announced Wolverine so early. Yeah. Because they knew they had to staff up. Yeah. So this whole thing sucks, Matt, and I'm really pissed off about it because we know people at Insomniac personally very very well. They're our friends. And so, on a personal level, it really bothers me that this happened. But now that I've had time to think about it, doesn't this just kind of show the games industry that hoarding information about video games like this is so stupid and pointless? Mm-hmm. Because all it's done is it's provided motivation for hacker groups to hack you and release the personal information of all your employees. Do you think the world would be worse off if we knew about Wolverine and we knew about the X-Men deal? Like, no, it, it doesn't make it doesn't hurt anyone. But the fact that you've kept this information hidden did hurt somebody because it gave the hacker groups the motivation to Get the information and threaten you and blackmail you with releasing it. Well, the the inf- what the information was didn't really matter. The hackers were after anything. Like the, a value, but the value was in the video game secrets. It wasn't in the personal information. Like we don't care about that. The thing that people are going to click on is Wolverine but and the, the Wol- X Men games. But the the value was the personal information because that's the thing that another company is most likely going to back down on and pay the money for next time this happens because they actually released all that. Maybe that is way. But here's more my here's my point, Matt. Is that if if it weren't for the games, they would have would have never have got the personal information. They wouldn't have targeted Insomniac. They could have targeted targeted any company they went after insomniac because it makes awesome video games and they knew there was interest in it and then as a a kickback or a bonus on it they get the personal information that you're right you can absolutely use as a of the leverage in negotiations to try to get the money but if it weren't for insomniac making awesome video games they never would have had the employees information in the first place they would have just found some other target that was easier or whatever or or more or a company that had more employees because the more employees the more leverage you have insomniacs only a couple hundred people like i just don't think it's particularly outlandish that they've been you know not talking about things that are 10 years down the line i mean I understand that, but I'm just saying, like, it, this may change. Like, d- studios may be like, you know what? It's not worth hiding this information if it makes us a target for these assholes. I mean, they're going to find a reason to target you no matter what. They'll like find it. somebody. They can find someone else, though. Again, this is high. This is stuff people care about. Right, like, I nobody just, I, cares I, I, if, like, JBL is working on a new Bluetooth speaker. Like, nobody cares. But they can still go to JBL, and it'd be smarter because they have, like, 8,000 employees instead of 300. I, like, I guess I don't know. Like, so what do you think they should have been doing? Like, I think they should the, the industry in general should not be so secretive. Like, just once you sign a deal and you've done your due diligence and both parties are okay with it, just put the info out there. It doesn't hurt anyone. It just gets people more excited. I mean... Some of that might have just been Marvel. Marvel no, you're right. That it could be agreements. You don't, and... want to, you don't always want to know all your licensors to no, know you're right. what you're licensing, what to, and this to. You're and absolutely that to. right. For instance, that for leverage that and Web of things, they had no idea who had right. Daredevil. They I understand that part yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, and I don't that think... was Marvel, not not them. Marvel didn't hear you. play this shit. I hear you. But I'm saying, like, this could be the first step towards some change. Like, I'm not saying that, like, as soon as you sign the deal, the next day mm-hmm. you need to go and issue a press release and put it in the public. But maybe a year later you do? Like, I don't I don't think this is going to change anything. I think it's just, I mean, that's, that's a little victim blaming to me. Um, I'm not small, blaming the victim. Small, it's smart. Small companies. It's dumb. This secret, the secrecy in the games industry is stupid. There's no reason for it to exist. None. 
There's no reason. It's just always been this way, and so they just keep doing it. And it does take stuff like this to I convince just, people that the I, way we've been doing stuff is dumb. I just didn't see anything particularly secretive in this that was seemed, why don't we know that? Other than maybe sales numbers, which would be nice to have, but that's more Sony's No, the question. Wolverine information, the b playable build, the, all the information about the X-Men stuff. People oh, are wondering um, what's going on with no, the I MCU and like where it's all headed. No, like, I don't agree with that There's clues in there. No, I don't agree with that at all. You're saying at people all. don't care about that? They do care about that, but I'm saying they're not equipped to handle... I mean, there's the reaction to, to seeing that footage and seeing kind of like the early build stuff. Like, people don't understand enough about it to handle it maturely. That's like... I mean, this I'm is not all, saying put show the early build. The this, point is, is if people know about it, the hacker aren't going to go to get the early build. They don't care. There's no value there. What did, They're going to leave them alone. They're going to find an easier target with more employees. I, don't I just don't understand what you're saying. I don't, what, like, what, what didn't Is we it the know? secrecy in the games industry but is what fucking did, dumb. What would we have had to know for the hackers not to go after them? All those games. What if, games? All the X-Men games. The Wolverine game that is coming in 2026. That Insomniac's making a new Ratchet and Clank. That they're working on a new IP. That's not How why they not went after them. How are you not seeing this? Because that's not why they went after them. They went after them for just general information. That's what the no, yes. they went after them because they make stuff people care about, Matt. No, they, they go after everyone. Why would they go after a company of 200 employees? That's retarded. Because I'm they sorry do. I said that. I apologize for because saying that. Because they do. Veritas right there is just saying they went after his company too, and they're smaller than that because they want anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, his company probably has more employees than Insomniac. I, mean, I don't think it does. To say that there's no value in what they uncover from Insomniac info, is absurd. Veritas, the info is meaningless. My tiny company was hit by the same kind of ransom. They hit every company possible with the hacks. And if, his if tiny company enough, of ten employees, what they asked for, a thousand dollars? They go after everyone. Yeah, anything. Yeah, they got. They get, were asking for millions from Insomniac. They're so there's for, more incentive to go after Insomniac than Veritas's little asking, company. They're asking for millions from Sony. Not or whatever. Insomniac. That's right. The, the, and Sony owns Insomniac. And, someone, and, they, and the th reason Insomniac got hit is not because they made Spider-Man, but because somebody over there fell for the fishing. That's the change. No, but you have to decide who you want to target with they the target fishing. They target everyone. Anyone who falls for it. They mass it out. It's just, you can't it's, mass fishing. It has to be very targeted and intelligent. You can't just... No, it doesn't. That's what spam no, is. No, that's how you get your parent, our parents, dude. That's not how you that's fool how they got, I'll smart... Bet, I'll bet you that's any, not how you they'll fool never, they'll never some of the smartest creative people in the world. Some of the smartest creative people in the world can be fucking morons. Well, you still have to be smarter when you try to target them. You're not going to get them no, the you same don't. way. You You're really not going to get my mom with their Amazon login. You'd, like, be, you'd be shocked. You'd be shocked. I know the people at Insomniac, and they are you don't know way everyone more Insomniac savvy than my mom. You don't know everyone at Insomniac, <laughs> and someone fell for something stupid, I guarantee you. Yeah, they did. But again, they're going to target them because they know that there's value here. Alice and the Wolf, you can mass fish. They got bots that do this 24-7. That's all. That's how it works. Yeah, that's I get that. That's how you that. do it. But that's not why how they got Insomniac. It is how they got Insomniac. I do not believe that at all. Then I'll never believe that. you don't that. know enough about the situation to be talking about it anymore. Well, then why do you, what, what makes you think you do? Because You're just pulled it out of your ass too. Out of my like, ass. That's how cyber. That's how cybercrime works. Do some fucking research. I'm not on saying that shit. they don't fish everybody. I'm saying that they specifically target Insomniac. Of course they fish everyone. They did not specifically. My mother-in-law got bust, got caught fishing saying, a month ago. And I'm saying they do not did not specifically target Insomniac. They got lucky with Insomniac and hit the gold. How mark. do you get into the slack in Insomniac unless you target them? You because don't. Because they realized they found a vulnerability through their mass fishing techniques, and then they targeted in on that because they saw that vulnerability. It's not. 
because they made Spider-Man. It's because somebody fucked up. I don't believe that at all. That's how it works. I mean, I believe that somebody screwed up, and that's how they got in. I do not believe that it was just random. I, I 100% believe it started random. You think the then, Grand Theft Auto hacks were just random? It just happened to be kid, that they're 18-year-old no, kids kid, who love Grand no, Theft that Auto? That went specifically after them, yeah. Because he wanted information on that. He didn't. The ransom came later on that. This was professionals. The, those kids were professionals that hacked. Oh, they had professional level. They skills, did the same sure. shit. They but targeted they, Rockstar and they found a way into their Slack. Yeah, but you notice what what was different about that? What was different about that, Shane? They found that kid immediately. Yeah, they because he was dumb. Did, they don't know because who, he was dumb. Because he was not a professional. These guys do this for fucking daily. Well, yeah, this is what the, they do. Well, actually, this this hacker group that did this is new. They've only hacked one other time, other than Insomniac. So there you go. Because They've only they done got, it twice. Because they got lucky with oh, this. Oh, come one. on, man. That's I mean, ridiculous. No, it's not. The, 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 Read the chat, the, dude. I, I Every single human being. You always does. do that. I don't care about the chat. How many more times do I have to say this to you? I don't care. Well, you don't care this what I think This is you and either. I discussing. I do care what you think. I absolutely do. You I don't know think, any more about this than I, I do, but I wrong. do. And I'm saying I'm not. <laughs> okay. And well. if you would like to say that I'm wrong, find out some facts, learn some shit, bring I some did. actual I sources. I did a lot of research on this. And again. I do a lot of research on this, too, because if I get hit with something like this, I have a lot to lose. Uh, I know more again. about this than you do. I don't know that you do. Again, I do know. This I is, do. They've only hacked twice this group, the Rimsidia or whatever the hell they are. They've only done it twice. Because they haven't and you're had saying anything as big yet. That they cast this huge net? Yes! It just so happened that only Insomniac was a company? Yes! That? No, that's absurd. Yes! No, that's absurd. Yes! No. It is what happened. That is not what happened. It is. All right. Well, I'll do more research on it. And maybe they hit, oh, maybe they specifically targeted game companies. Maybe no. they cast the whole net over game companies. No, th even, even in best case scenario, if you're right, what happened was if they did catch Insomniac, they looked and were like, that has value. No. That's the one we're going they, after. They didn't. They went after because they... Someone fell for something and they saw we have an opening. You don't think some dude at JBL didn't fall for the same shit? Sure. Yeah. Well, why did they go after Insomniac but instead they of JBL? Did, for, did, they, did, did they go after JBL? No. I just told you they've only JBL's hacked twice. JBL's never been hacked? They've been choosing who to hack. They've only done it twice. Because they had an opportunity to No, because to there's value in Insomniac. That's but there why. wasn't. They didn't fucking get anything Dude, out of it. Dude, if you go to JBL, we're going to tell everybody about your new Bluetooth speaker. Nobody cares. They're going to laugh at them. JBL cares. No, they don't. Sure They're like, they do. Dude, oh, it has an extra JBL 40 minutes of battery life. JBL like, doesn't care. There's no value in it. But JBL's margins are so much more narrow in competition with the other people making speakers that that is more important to them. I this guarantee you. This makes no sense to me at all. Logic I, I realize that. Yeah. <laughs> I realize it makes no sense to you. Yes, it does not. So anyway... Bottom line is we know what Insomniac's doing for literally the next, like, 15 or 20 years, which is just insane. But again, who did it hurt? It didn't hurt anybody. People still love Insomniac. People I mean, still... it hurt the people that work in Insomniac. Right. But I'm saying, like, as far as, like, if you get rid of the secretive stuff that the industry has been doing, it doesn't hurt anybody. Like, why are we doing this? It doesn't. Because it's just how business works? I don't, I don't understand the point. Like, it's, it's also downside you know people whine about how being announced stuff too early like look how many people still whining about the fact that we've known about elder scrolls 6 for 10 right years but nobody ca out. nobody cares nobody's whining that we know that there's a bunch of awesome x hopefully awesome x-men games coming nobody well they are they're gonna be whining no one looks at insomniac differently and now thinks that insomniac can't make great games it hasn't changed anything it just now people are excited oh my god insomniac's making freaking x-men games that's, I don't that's know awesome about that man the, the main thing i saw from this is people hating the wolverine demo 
Really? They thought it, most of the people <laughs> I saw reacting to the Wolverine thing thought it looked like complete shit. No, I believe they that. They don't know anything about how fucking game development works. No, I believe that. The same thing happened I, with. Grand and Theft I'm not Auto saying 6. that's going to impact the Wolverine. It's not like any of those people are not going to go buy the Wolverine game when it comes out. Obviously, yeah. that's are they not, not going to go buy Grand Theft Auto? Well, 6 it's not when like it nobody. Comes out. It's not like they didn't go buy fucking Spider-Man One when the Puddlegate thing happened. Right. That, it doesn't mean anything. It's just noise. Right. But like. The sp- the secret of Sandman. Part of it's just like, why would you announce an X Men game that's next decade? That's not even. That might not even be the PlayStation Six. That might be PS Seven. I mean, it's probably PS Six. Probably, but it's tail end. I mean, the PS Six may be the last PS. Honestly, I mean, Patrick has been saying that since the PS Three. I don't believe that until something really revolutionary happens hardware wise. But that's that's a different story. Imagine trying to cram something forty ninety equivalent in terms of heat in the back of a fucking Vizio. That's, right. That's a, no, that's what you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's. Well, I mean, someday. Because I mean, look at those laptops we just saw from CES. Someday, yeah. Like, like they're pretty amazing. But also, like they're still not the cutting edge of what you can do, and they're that's what they're trying to do in these consoles, yeah. and increasingly going to have to be that unless you're Nintendo. My my point is, I'm looking at this from a cost benefit analysis, and to me, cost benefit analysis of this says. You might as well just announce the stuff once both sides are comfortable with it. There's no reason to hide it. I mean, I think there's they're already doing that. And you're going to be more comfortable. But, I mean, you don't want to announce that you have X-Men until the mid-2030s. And just, like, I saw plenty of people upset about that. Cause, like, think now, about it, though. If you're wondering, should I buy an Xbox or a PlayStation? You're like, if you're a big like, MCU you, fan, but also like, no-brainer. But you don't know if that deal's going to last. You know, it, It's signed it, until it's 2035. Signed, it's signed, but Marvel can always pull it. That's, I mean, if you know Insomniac, the chances of that happening are slim to Sure, but but you don't make special exceptions just because you think the one people you made the deal with are way cooler than the people you made the other deal with. Yeah, yeah, I I understand that. You know, like, and at the same time, you know, like they are doing sort of the same thing with Blade. I mean, Blade's, what, 2027? Yeah. Blade's probably a next-gen game. It probably is, yeah. Or Straddle. Yeah. Two gens. Yeah. Yeah, both, probably. But it's like... I understand why you don't announce that X-Men's coming in 2030 because you want people to be excited for the next thing. Look, I'm not saying you announce it in 2023 for a game of 2030, but maybe like seven or eight years yeah. beforehand. But like, let's not forget, like, I mean, there's company secrets, just, you know, whatever. The, the, the thing, when it really, really comes down to it, the thing that was worth $2 million, and let's be honest, I think they asked for too little. They did. The I was surprised how little um, they asked for, actually. Yeah, it's like 50 bit, was 50? 50 Bitcoin. 50 Bitcoin seems like it should be more than that. Yeah. Um, the thing that's worth two million dollars is the, pers- the employees' personal information, yeah, yeah. their passports, all that. Well, that's, that's what that's what Sony's going to have to lose money fixing, right? Because they may face lawsuits and things like that from employees who say you didn't guard our. But then does that go back to the employee that screwed up and got fished? <laughs> like, that's is, a good Sony, question. Is Sony absolved of that because the employee was the one that screwed up? And if it uh, happened on their home computer no, versus I mean, their work no. computer, I mean, they, have, they have insurance for that. Yeah, like, that's what that's what insurance covers. Yeah. Hopefully, I mean, you, I mean, I don't know, but I put anything past Sony. We just saw the fucking you would Madam think Web at photos. this point corporate insurance probably pretty universally stuff like that dealt with yeah i mean I'm, they have and i know they got like you know i don't know if it was specifically life locked but they got actual you know identity protection stuff for all everybody was affected they've done as much as much as they can but that all costs something yeah and the premiums go up and yada 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 um and that's the thing and, and again that damages employee trust it damages morale like that is way way, way more damaging than any game related thing that, that leaked on a personal level um, for sure and internal for sony on a business sure. level yeah. too i mean that's where the that's where the you know in the end that their ransom was i mean you don't want to give in to the terrorists obviously quote unquote that's the other question like, is it smarter to give in to the terrorists i mean you don't have any guarantee <laughs> that they're not just release it anyway right i mean that is the downside of hacking something that has a pop culture value like this is like 
It could always pop still, up later. It's still pretty cool. So, like, even if you get your ransom, it's like, well, okay, we won't release the personal information of the employees, but we're going to release the Wolverine demo because everybody's going to think that's cool. Or also, maybe they don't release it for two years, and then three years later, all of a sudden, there it is. Also, the most... So, again... <laughs> There's the most, nothing to hold them to it. You also, can't prove yeah, that they you, don't have the files. You can't trust them. That's yeah. the problem. Is there no, they're not beholden. Or they could come back again two years later and be like, hey, give us another $2 million. Yeah. We'll put this out again. Yeah. Because um, the, the personal information is still important. It's still valuable. Yeah, yeah. Even if Wolverine yeah. gets canceled or something, it's still important. I mean, got canceled, even more. Yeah, and by the way, that is just abhorrent that that has happened to these yeah. employees. It's, I also, mean, they have, like, their shirt sizes. Like, they have everything about these people. They put out mm-hmm. in public. Oh, yeah. Their social security number, scans of their passports. Oh, yeah. Full idea. I mean, you could fully become oh, yeah. people if you wanted to. It's a nightmare. Um, also, for me, the most interesting thing in the whole hack was the universal PlayStation sales. Sales. <laughs> you sent that to me in text, yeah. and I was like, hot damn. Like that's exclu- some big The sales info. of the exclusives was yeah. the most interesting thing to me. Because, again, that's not, that's those are, that's those data that Sony never gives anyone. No. And MPD doesn't give it away anymore either. And so. it was fascinating to see what's... I mean, I the fact that Horizon outsold God of War was... That's an shocking. Item. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Even yeah. as a Horizon fan, I'm yeah, like, yeah. really? I was like that. Yeah, and it was it was old data. It was like February 2022 or something. Still. I think was the cutoff. But I still, think it's still, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, that stuff I do think shouldn't be. I, I that should be out there. It, you'd think. I mean, I understand why you keep that quiet because you don't know what anyone else is going to want them to know. Well, the fact that you can pay for it if you got the money. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, you know, Pac when he he used to. But the, well, the well, NPD, he used to slide me MPD data. Well, MPD data really cover all that because like one it, of the one of the fascinating things about the, the, that data was that it was all it also had digital information. So well, back when I used to see the MPD reports, Pack used to slide it to me, mm-hmm. um, and he got in trouble for it eventually and stopped sliding it to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they found out that he was because I would never say where I was getting the information. Somehow they figured out that he had given it to somebody, and then it stopped. But he sent me like MPD, and the MPD report every month. MPD is, has eyes everywhere. It's not just the month, it's lifetime. And it goes all the way back. Like he would send me the PDF of the January 2010 MPD or whatever. If you printed it, it would be like this thick. Mm-hmm. It goes all the way back to the GameCube, the GBA, lifetime sales, the monthly sales for every game, all the way back. Um, so it, it has a lot of data. But again, if you pay, you can get it. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, having the data out there, like somebody does have it. You know, Pac has that data of lifetime sales of their games or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just chooses not to divulge it or whatever. Although he did cancel his subscription to MPD finally. So Fire Native notes he works for local government and he has they have insurance specifically for phishing scams. Yeah, so kind of figure if you're a business at this, this point. Yeah. So anyway, it's a travesty. The whole thing is awful. Um, I again, I particularly feel for the employees at Insomniac because again, Matt and I know these people personally. They're friends of ours. Um, even if I mean their information was mm-hmm. out there, Ted Price and those people, their oh, yeah. information out there like everybody Everyone's else's out there. Like, was, wasn't any of my friends that fell for the fishing crap? Though. <laughs> I hope not. I don't know. It could be. A, I've seen some pretty convincing things here and there. My mother-in-law got fished last year, and she ended up losing like I mean, the ten quickest, grand. I mean, the quickest way is to you know if you see something that looks official, check the email address. Yeah, and if it, no matter how much it looks like it's from Amazon or. Comcast or Spectrum or whatever, look at the thing, and the email will always be like A four one five three three whatever. Here's it's all the thing, nonsense. Matt. Here's what I found out is that they do that on purpose. 
They intentionally put shit in the emails that people like us pick up on so that we know that they're phishing so they don't have to skim us off the top and they know they're dealing with idiots. Mm-hmm. They intentionally put the fake email address there. They intentionally misalign text in the emails. Yeah, well, they intentionally misspell stuff. I mean, it's the digital equivalent of when you walk down Hollywood Boulevard and people try to hand you CDs. Right. It's like the you fact that anyone don't even pick, look at them. Yeah, the fact that anyone grabs the CD, you already know you're dealing with a mark. Right. Yeah, that's exactly so. it. Yep. So it's the same thing. With, and that's what they do with phishing emails. And my mother-in-law is 76 years old mm-hmm. she's not all with it she doesn't understand technology she got fished even one of the one of the most basic things is almost always when if it's real they'll use your real name right or just never if log it, into anything from an email right just go <laughs> go type in the address if and like, go to the website if, the, if they if wells fargo mysteriously wants you to log in and give you give you their pass <laughs> your your password just type wellsfargo.com in or, or in bankofamerabeofa.com or whatever your, your thing is and just go log in and say, is it? That? No, it's yeah. not. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. We got to move on. But I could talk about that for a full episode, actually, because it's just so I'm much- so paranoid that, about it sometimes that I actually have uh, refused to answer phone calls from actual fraud departments. Oh, really? And be like, I'm going to call you back. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I would do the same thing. Yep. All right. Let's move on. Next is our preview for 2024 for PlayStation. You may look at the clock and say, oh, Matt and Shane don't have a lot of time to get through that. No, we started late. (laughs) Fuck off. Well, one, we started late. But two, if you look at what we know about PlayStation for 2024, it's not going to be that big of a segment, sadly. Um, We talked about this. uh, Let's talk about Last of Us 2. (laughs) Again. Again. Again, again. Yep, and that is obviously the first game as far as the rundown is concerned because that game is coming out this month. Probably the second biggest release of the month behind Tekken 8, although it may sell more than Tekken 8 ultimately. Oh, I don't think so. No? I think Tekken 8's going to be a huge, huge hit. It probably will be. And also keep in mind, if you already own The Last of Us Part 2, this is a $10 upgrade for you. You don't have to pay the full amount. So you're going to lose a ton of revenue in that already because they've already sold what 20 million copies of The Last of Us Part Two, roughly mm-hmm. somewhere around there. Oh, that's what, although <laughs> free 200 million dollars. Why not? Yeah. Uh, but this game comes out here in about a week and a half or two. You going to play it again, Matt? Are we going to talk about it on Game Face? I mean, we could probably talk about how it looks or the know, new mode. New mode. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in the new mode. I, we should have talked about the the DLC for God of War, but I still never finished Ragnarok to even. I, I haven't that. played it yet. Yeah. I haven't had time. I honestly just I try to just connect over the holidays and not play a bunch yeah. of games. I, I mean, I saw people saying like they're like that the the God of War DLC was so good that like you should, they should have charged for it. Oh, interesting. So. That's good to hear. That's when he's doing that. It does actually continue and can kind of conclude the story for Kratos after the events of the game. Okay. Apparently. I mean, there's a, there's a lot more narrative there than you think, from what I understand. Okay. Um, well, the new mode in this is called No Return Mode. It's a roguelike experience where you survive as long as you can. You basically go out on runs. Um, you choose your path through a series of, diff- of uh, randomized encounters. And again, this whole thing is just a $10 upgrade if you already own the original The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, but that kicks off the year in style, mm-hmm. so PlayStation starts off 2024 pretty well. And each of the characters has different skill sets, which I think is interesting. Yeah. I also, like, there's one shot in the uh, trailer where the one Asian kid has a bow, and he has a an infected tied up behind him, like, using it for defense. Mm-hmm. Like, it's if the other infected come, like, that infected, like, will defend you, I guess? I don't know. It sounds pretty cool. Uh, and again, just 10 bucks if you want to try it out, if you've already played it. 
And then next up, probably the biggest exclusive of the year is undoubtedly um, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And that is a console exclusive. Actually, it's just an exclusive period. For mm-hmm. as of right now, it's not even announced for PC. That is coming on February 29th, leap year day. Not every year do you have a February 29th. Um, and I would argue, even though I'm not all that excited for it, it probably generically is the most anticipated game of 2024. Mm. It won it at the Game Awards. Uh, yeah, but that's dorks. Traffic-wise on Sifted, it, everything we I mean, put it's up certainly for the, it certainly up. the most anticipated of Q4, Q1. Yeah. That's nothing else, really. Yeah, I mean, I just think among the general audience, it seems to be the pick. I don't I, know why. I'll, I I'll think ma- we have better have a better pick. How about but- this? I'll, I'll, make a, I'll make a pronouncement. There is no general audience interest in Final Fantasy VII. It's all niche gamer weirdos. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII... There's just a lot more of them than there used to be. Yeah. Because the Final Fantasy VII Remake Part One did not sell as well as I thought. No. It sold like 8 million copies That's or whatever. That's about exactly what I was expecting. See, I thought more. A little, I sure. thought a little... There's so act, much hype. That's actually a little hype. You, it, it, the hype is a bubble. Yeah. The hype is purely in the core. I just thought the hype was bigger. The Nobody gives a shit about Final Fantasy VII outside of hardcore gamers. Yeah. That's it. There's just a lot of hardcore gamers around. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that played it back in the day that kind of like, oh, I remember that. And like the play. But there's not, like, Final Fantasy has always been overblown as yeah. a popular franchise. Even back in the day. I just talked about this on Ask Chain Anything on Friday. Yeah, even back yeah. in the day, like, people go, it's like, it wasn't that big. It was. It was very, very loud inside the core gamer world. I think the but commercial the sold PlayStations. Thing. I don't think the game did. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. They, they knew not to put actual gameplay of Final Fantasy VII in the, in the commercials for right. Final Fantasy VII. There's not a all the summons. Yep. It's all, it's all, <laughs> all the CG summons. It's all CG cutscenes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, this, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I even know some like Final Fantasy diehard people who Final Fantasy Seven diehard people who play the Rebirth. They're like, I'm not playing that shit again. Yeah. Um, or remake. Um, even Except though it re- wasn't like playing it again at all. Really. Even though Rebirth, <laughs> like, honestly, looks more like what you would want from a final. I mean, it, it seems like more of a remake. Yeah. Re- than well, remake. The feels- first part, it was only roughly accurate to what I played in the original Final Fantasy. I mean, I think VII. this one's going to stray. You think it'll stray far more narratively too? Interesting. Oh yeah, it's a. It's I a, thought it was stray less. It seemed like no, by the trailers. Diff- it's a different. I mean, that's what they want, I think. Right. I mean, it's not like they gave away the different timeline stuff in the first one's trailers yeah. either. Yeah. Um. But I think uh, they think Square seems to think, or at least Nomura seems to think that it, they need to do that to make it interesting. As a, I think a, just a straight remake would have been fine for most. I would people. prefer it honestly. Um. <laughs> I don't like what they did with the first remake. I did think it was funny that Sessler played played the remake over the holidays just to see what it was a, kind of what it was about and he kept asking on Twitter he kept asking questions like was the the picking a girl from the lineup thing in the original game? And I was like yeah that was like, he kept asking was this in the original game? He was like yeah, yeah that was in the original game. Was like did, did Cloud dress as a woman and get molested by the weird I'm like yeah that was all in there he's like it just played he's like the whole, like that whole section was all pretty much the same yeah. except there wasn't a dance number yeah in the that's original. true yeah <laughs> and it's just like yeah and, and then he was and someone told him the guy on the motorcycle was a new addition he's like really because he really seems to fit <laughs> yeah I'm like yeah it's true that's funny all right um, we gotta get going we have so many games to get through um so anyway Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth I know. I see the data. You guys are all over it. You guys are really, really excited for it. And again, that's coming on Leap Day, February 29th. So you have Last of Us Part Two in January, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth in late February. And then in early February, you have Helldivers 2. This game is 
a console exclusive, but it's also coming to PC. They just announced yesterday that there will be cross-platform play, so you'll be able to play against PlayStation owners if you're a PC player and vice versa. Um, but it is just kind of your generic, like, alien hunting, third-person shooter, game-as-a-service mm-hmm. deal. When I, when I first saw that tweet where it's like, you can get a team up with your friend, I'm like, nope. Yeah. Like that, I thought of this game. <laughs> yeah. This is a kind gonna, of quintessential. This is kind of a lot of the stuff that's coming for PlayStation that we know about right now. We don't know about a lot of the big single-player opus stuff that we're used to from PlayStation. A lot of this stuff is stuff like Helldivers 2, like cooperative sci-fi third-person shooters that they're mm-hmm. hoping that you'll keep playing for years and years to come. Well, we did learn there's a Forbidden West PC version coming. That's true. Yeah, that's one good thing that we did learn. Yep. Um, so anyway, Helldivers 2, that comes on February the 28th. And then on March 22nd... I honestly think I'm going to pick Final Fantasy VII over that one at this point. Really? Yeah. Yeah, just, me too. I like Helldiver <laughs> 1, but that looks, it just looks so generic. It really does. Yep. Um, and then on March 22nd, there is a game coming from Team Ninja called Rise of the Ronin. This also is 100% exclusive to PlayStation 5. No PC version announced right now. Um, it's set three centuries after... Um, I'll just read you their description, direct from Team Ninja. After three centuries of shogunate rule... The black ships of the West descend upon Japan's borders, and the country falls into a state of turmoil as a masterless samurai, a ronin. Take up your blade and shape the course of history in this open-world action RPG from the creator of Neo. And that last word is the only word oh, I needed to hear. <laughs> um, we, I had forgotten to bring this up when we talked about exclusives coming to each platform at the end of the year last year. This is one of the games that I did not mention. Um... This game really is not doing much for me. I feel like this is like the fourth game in a row exactly like this that Team Ninja's made. They certainly like the time period. Yeah. That's for sure. I, just, I, don't, I don't know what to think of this yet. They have guns. They do have guns. That changes stuff a little um, bit. Eh, I I need to I don't know what I don't know what to think of this yet. I need to know whether it's going to be more of a Souls alike, or if it's going to be more of a Ninja Gaiden thing, or if it's going to be a mix of the two, or if it's going to be. It looks like it's adventure. just Neo, honestly. I Kinda. hate to say it. I mean, I, I, it's just an. I just. I wish they'd make something that was just a fun, cool yeah. combat system, and not just system on system on system on system. These games, I just don't care. Like, I understand they're look. They're a Japanese developer. They definitely want to make games also, that their market appreciates. These I don't character care models about look. These- awful yeah like they're definitely showing their age doesn't look very good for a ps5 exclusive yeah like even the bird looks kind of flat yeah i don't know what else to say about it. people in chat are asking about um ghost of tsushima 2 we haven't heard anything about it i've been very quiet on that i'm hoping we get some kind of information on this uh, something that i don't wouldn't expect that to be well actually when did that come out that was the ps4 game right yeah they should be Kind of I mean, ready. they should be ready to show it show soon. something, yeah. They should probably show the first trailer this year, would be my guess. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Rise of the Ronin, that is coming March 22nd. If you're not a fan of Neo, you probably won't like it either. And this is where things start spiraling out of control already. Next up, a game called Stellar Blade. There oh, are yeah, a, this thing. There are a lot of games coming from Korea, China, etc. that are PlayStation 5 exclusives. And a lot of them, like, I don't trust them, Matt. So some of them I left out of this rundown because you know, some of them I don't even know if I believe that they're even really games at this point because they haven't seen them played yet and we've been fooled by Korean games with CG before. So I'm very reluctant to kind of put those in the rundown. This game is legit. This game, you're working to rebuild Earth's last bastion of life in the city of Xeon. 
It's an action adventure, not an action RPG, but this game also comes from Korea, from a developer called Shift Up. Um, basically, you return to a nearly extinct Earth that's been overrun by creatures, and you fight to restore mankind. <laughs> again, not one of the more uh, original premises for a video game, um, but this is, again, this is a, the type of stuff that we're talking about right now as far as the exclusive games coming to PlayStation in 2024. This is where it's at. Um, next up... So that guy's wearing a giant coat, and she's got no nothing sides on. on her outfit. And a is tie. Is it cold in there or not? And a tie. She's wearing, like, a bow tie, or a freaking, like, straight tie. Yeah, well, I mean, you gotta get dressed for the occasion. <laughs> uh, next up, a game we little, literally know very little about. It's a game called Concord. This is the only piece of media we have for it. It's, like, a 20-second trailer that really shows nothing. Uh, but we do know that it's a PvP multiplayer first-person shooter from a brand-new studio at PlayStation called Firewalk Studios. And this is also coming to PC and PlayStation 5. I think what you're seeing is that the multiplayer-focused games, and this is smart. Yeah, they get, the game-as-a-services are starting to land. Yeah, well, they're also coming to PC and PlayStation, which yeah. makes sense. It's like if you need to build an audience that's going to sustain it over the long yeah. haul, you need to open it up. So mm-hmm. a lot of these multiplayer-focused PlayStation exclusives are also coming to PC Concord's another one of them. Um, we also found out uh, over the last week that a couple games are coming this year that we were, un- we were unsure of. One of those is Metal Gear Solid 3 Delta, the complete remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 for PlayStation 5. This game is coming this year. This is according to PlayStation in their own blog, in their own video that they published, previewing stuff coming this year. This game was in there. So, Is this, Sony- is this like PlayStation's big holiday game? They didn't say. No release date, just that it's coming in 2024 generically. I, I really wonder if this is going to be the anchor of their holiday schedule. I think that would be a mistake. I agree. But, but I, it might be. That, that doesn't mean they don't that's right. think that. I, I'm hoping, Matt, that there's a big single-player game coming for Q4 this year. Mm-hmm. Is there, there has to be. One would think. I mean, the time the timing has to work out. Maybe it is Ghost of Tsushima too. Ghost of Tsushima too could be it. I mean, it's possible. It, like I know this is on other stuff, mm-hmm. but like it's Metal Gear is just so associated with PlayStation, they could lean into it. Pretty well, I think hard. Delta is only for PS5. That's and I, PC, I think. PC, yeah. It's not on Xbox. I don't think so. Hmm. I think this is like a deal that they signed with Konami. It may be just limited time or whatever, but I don't think it's announced for Xbox right now. Um, but anyway, this is supposed to come this year. I would almost hope that it doesn't because it's Konami making this. <laughs> it's not Kojima Vincent's, Productions. Vincent says it was in an Xbox showcase. Oh, it was? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right, actually. It was. Yep. It is multi-plat. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, again, chat, thank you for correcting us so we don't have to do like corrections in next week's episode. Um, so anyway, that is coming to PlayStation 5. I probably shouldn't have put it in this rundown, though, if it's multi-platform. Mm-hmm. The next one, though, is not, and that is the Silent Hill 2 remake, which I think a lot of people were pleasantly surprised that this is slated for 2024. This is, in fact, a PlayStation exclusive. It's coming from Bloober Team. Feels like it's been in development for a few years now. Um, but as of right now, PlayStation is saying that this is scheduled for this year. This is all we have of it so far, just this one trailer. Um, it is a couple minutes long. It's not like a teaser or anything, which is a little encouraging. But other than that, we don't know a whole lot about how much is being changed and how much is being tweaked. This is one game where I would hope that they try to stay as true to the original as possible because it's still a, it's still a great game to this day. Um, yeah, I think I would have preferred just a remaster that didn't suck. Yeah, um, that would work too. Like the last one. Yeah. All right, we'll see. I mean, Bloober's never really done a game with actual combat before. Yeah, well, combat that mattered. <laughs> You're yeah. right. 
And that is a cause for concern because mm-hmm. the combat there is combat in this that matters. I mean, you're I mean to me you're you're messing with one of the all time greats on this one, so yep. you, you you better deliver. Bloober team seems like a good fit. Um, I, I mean, it's worked I on guess, atmospheric horror games pretty I mean, much its ter- entire yeah, I history. Mean, tonally, yeah, but like in terms of delivering on the gameplay, they've never done anything like this yeah, before. Yeah, that's a little bit of an X factor for sure. Uh, but I, I'll say this: I have liked Bloober Team's work in the past, so I'm trying. I'm going to keep the light have, on for this one. I have liked it and disliked it, so I'm torn. I, I mostly find it gets boring at a certain point. But that might after just be, like the six or seven hour mark, Bloober yeah, Team. Like the, I agree, their games start to get boring. Like the medium should probably just just been called the mid when it comes down to it <laughs> touche um yeah i mean they're working from a much stronger base here yeah because silent hill 2 is one of the greatest right. games of all time they have to really screw yeah. it up to make it bad yeah but if they messed up the combat that would do yeah, it you, that you, would do it <laughs> in one fell swoop they can ruin or the game you misunderstand that like i do they understand what pyramid head is do they understand right. what the story is do they understand what they're what's being told here i don't even know um, if konami understands konami that may or point. may not no but there's just <laughs> elements where i'm just like and bloober team like medium sort of accidentally maybe intentionally kind of defends a pedophile at one point mm. like I don't know. Yeah. Like, I'm worried that there's going to be an ending where, like, he's he was probably right to kill his wife with a pillow kind of yeah. thing. It's like, you're like, I don't know, guys. I don't know right. if you're equipped for this. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of I have a lot of feelings about this project. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Again, we have no idea of a solid date. We just know it's this year. And right on cue, there is your boy Pyramid Head. Um, next up, and this is where things really start to get like. A little bit reachy, I guess is a good way to put it. So that just shows you that as of right now, there's not a whole lot scheduled for PlayStation in 2024 right now. Uh, next up, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Oh yeah, which is yeah. which is like an open world action game based upon the no, fighting game that was based upon the mobile gotcha game. It's Did I RP- get that right? More, it's it was a it's the RPG. It's an action RPG based on the gotcha game. The okay. same way the fighting game is based, based on, on the gotcha game. game. Gotcha. <laughs> And I mean, this, this is actually supposed to be pretty good. It looks pretty good. Um, interesting. Yeah, like maybe. I don't know. This is a lot of what the lineup is like, though. Yeah. These kind of unknown quantity Asian developed the kind games. of thing where you're kind of like, oh, all right, that looks cool. Oh, <laughs> that could be cool. Or or yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It could not be. Uh, this comes out on February 1st, so there's not much time to wait for this one. Um, and we'll be covering, obviously, here on Game Face in the not-too-distant future. A couple previews have gone up that we've curated on Sifted over the last week, and they have been encouraging. They have been positive, I guess is the best way I could put it. Yeah. Um, which is more than I thought. So, again, that's Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. It is a console exclusive for PlayStation. It's also coming to PC. Uh, next up, another very similar game. We talked about this one before on Game Face. Phantom Blade Zero. Oh, wow, yeah. Remember this? Yeah, vaguely. Where we were like, is this real? Is it not real? Is it... Because there's the one scene where he's like fighting on the carriage where yeah. it kind of looked real. But... I, didn't, I, don't, I didn't think this was real. And yeah, this, then exactly. They said it, then they said it was real. I still don't really think it was real. Like... I don't know. I feel like it was probably... I don't think it was, like, trying to be deceptive. This is on PlayStation's official website as a game coming this year, Mm. believe it or not. All right. Which gives me a little bit of hope. I mean, I'm interested, but Another original plot where you play as an assassin framed for a crime he didn't commit, and now (laughs) he has to clear his name. 
However, the catch here who, is that you who have... among us assassins hasn't been framed <laughs> for something. The catch here, though, is that you have 66 days to prove your innocence, which does add a little bit of a wrinkle to it. So I'm guessing it's a little bit like uh, Majora's Mask, where the time is always counting down. Maybe it gives you a sense of urgency. But I haven't been a fan of that in the past. So yeah, I'm not a big time limit person. <laughs> yeah, me either. Uh, but again, this is Phantom Blade Zero. It is a console exclusive. This is also coming to PC. Um, next up, another game we've talked about before on Game Phase, a game called Foam Stars, which is basically Square Enix's attempt oh, at Splatoon. Sake. This is where we're at, though. When as does far this as, come out? Uh, just 2024. No hard date. But there's been betas, um, so my guess is soon. I hope, because I really want to get through this so I never have to hear about, about this game again. again. <laughs> But again, this is kind of what we're looking at right now as far as announced console exclusives for PlayStation. Yeah. This is the level of the stuff here. Now, like the last few games we talk about are like indie games. So this is the last game that I would consider kind of from a major publisher. The rest are much smaller games, even than this. Mm -hmm. And this game looks ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to super fault them for making it because it really, there aren't really many splatoon ripoffs there's none which is kind of surprising it is like, yeah because i like splatoon a lot yeah actually. and it's not it, it feels like a niche you could fill on another platform that isn't the switch that it just no one is in that space yeah but maybe no one's in that space because there's a reason there's a reason that. yeah, yeah. i don't know and honestly i think this game would probably guess, do better a, on switch yeah i guess as <laughs> always uh, square enix is going to find out the hard way yeah so. i don't think there are too many playstation owners that are envious of splatoon Probably not. I feel like if you want to play Splatoon, you're just going to go get a Switch. Yeah. I, I think and this game would probably what... sell better on Switch, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. Is it on Switch? No. As no. of right now, it's not. I think no. eventually it will be released for everything because it, it, they will try to recoup their investment on this game. Yeah. Uh, but as of right now, it is a console exclusive. This feels like another uh, roller... <laughs> I don't even remember the name of the... But... Ubisoft roller derby yeah. game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Roller Champions, I think is what that's it's called. It. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Catchy name. Uh, so anyway, that is uh, Foam Stars. Next up, a game that I'm more interested in called Pacific Drive. This is one of the indie games I really have my eye on in 2024. It's a first-person driving survival game in which you must navigate a surreal um, reimagining of the Pacific Northwest in a station wagon. So it's like a road trip mm -hmm. game, basically. Um, and it's a sci it's got a sci-fi angle to it, like... I appreciate the um, the restraint it took to not call this Are We There Yet. Yeah. <laughs> Pacific Drive's pretty good, I think. Um, yeah, it sums it up. This is also a console exclusive. I believe this is coming to PC. I'm not 100% yeah, sure of that. Yeah, it's coming to PC. Um, yeah. But it is definitely only coming to PlayStation initially. I don't know how long that exclusivi exclusivity period is. Uh, but an indie game that is an exclusive for PlayStation, I'm surprised there aren't more that we know about right now. And now we really start getting into, like, the what-ifs. This game is called Tower of Agazba. Also a console exclusive, but coming to PC. And this is one of those things where you... Another game where you come back to Earth and it's been destroyed and it's your job to rebuild society. It does look like it has some of the ideas from the original Fable that Peter Molyneux mm -hmm. tried to sell us on. For example, in this game, you plant stuff and it does grow. And eventually it grows to like heights where it allows you to get to new areas of the planet, hmm. um, which is cool. So yeah. now we finally have the tech for some of that stuff from Fable that was sold to us, what, back in 2001 or something? Yeah, building the village. <laughs> you know what I wish somebody, they would make another, like a modern version of? What? Dark Cloud. Yeah. 
that's underrated franchise absolutely yeah. that had a whole crazy world building element where you went back to this yeah. hub and like built this whole world like out the dungeon crawl you came back and you got to build uh, new buildings in the town and place everything where you wanted and like randomly generated dungeons way before anyone else was doing them yeah yeah I agree with you Dark Cloud is an underrated gem for and sure Dark Cloud 2 which I know was not really the same thing but it's like I played that forever the art in those games was weird very weird yeah it was kind of a turn off but the games itself, I had a lot of fun with and thought they were good. And they had systems, again, that were way ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, a game that I am simping for in 2024, a game called Baby Steps. We just All talked right. about this for uh, best trailer of 2023. It is literally a walking simulator. It could also be a game that I play for an hour and never want to play again. It's one of those games where you have to keep trying over and over and over and over again. Like, literally putting one foot in front of the other is the challenge in this game. And then they start making you go uphill, and they make start make you start walking through mud, and you have to go through mud uphill, and you have to go through, like, brick. It, I can see where this game is headed, but it's very creative, very interesting, and very funny, which I don't feel like we get enough of anymore in video games, are funny video games. So, again, it could be so frustrating you want to pull your hair out because you can see it's like just walking is the challenge in this game. And I have a feeling yeah. it's going to do something cool with like the dual sense as far as like the walking mechanics yeah, are concerned. Maybe. It just Somebody made an adventure game out of quop. That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So anyway, that's Baby Steps. That's also a console exclusive. Next up. This looks like it, to, there's a chance that that's only funny because of editing. It could be. Like, well, I, no, there's I'm, jokes in the trailer yeah, where they talk to each other like, hopping over with his grappling hook or yeah. whatever. It was, but it was like, yeah, I don't know how long that's going to sustain. No, you're right. The game could not be funny. It could have a couple funny gags. You're right. Um, this game is called uh, Sword of the Sea, also a console exclusive, coming also coming to PC. To mm. me, this is like Journey Two. I mean, this has this has my attention because it's giant the, squid. The, it's giant squid. That's, yeah. that's it. Yep. That's, but this is basically a sand surfing game on hoverboards, not unlike Journey. I would add aesthetic very similar to Journey. Um, it is from Giant Squid though, so I do think the gameplay mechanics will have a higher um, prevalence in the actual overall experience of the game. They even show like a half pipe mm. a little later on. Uh, which leads me to believe that the actual surfing part of it is more than a means to the to an end than it like it was in Journey, um, but still an interesting concept, an interesting idea. And again, as Matt said, giant squid doesn't make junk. So keep this one on your radar. Again, it's called Sword of the Sea. Next to last game, another game from Asia. It's called Lost Soul Aside. Another console exclusive that's also coming to PC. This is a Devil May Cry clone that was originally made by one person. PlayStation signed the game, gave the guy a huge team, well, not a huge team, but a team big enough to finish the game, and now it's being made by a full-on team. But it is like Devil May Cry made by one dude with the the mags from Fantasy Star Online. You have like a little dude that follows you around, um, and I'm sure there's combat mechanics and other puzzle elements that are where you utilize your little buddy. Um, but this game looks pretty damn awesome, man. Like, it's hard to believe that one guy got this game to a place where Sony was like, here you go. Here's a mm. bunch of cash. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, oh, I'm so over the character action. Yeah. Thing. You've kind of burned out on the whole Platinum DMC. Yeah, it just looks like the same thing. I mean, it looks just like, it looks like Devil May Cry. Yeah. I mean, you could tell me this is Devil May Cry, but is 6 is the next one? Yeah. You could tell me this is Devil May Cry 6. I'd be like, okay. All right. I wouldn't guess. Seventh, if you include the Ninja Theory one. Right, right. Um, I'm I'm saying it's a very impressive achievement for for such a small, you know, one guy and a small team. Like, sure, but I don't really want to play it. Yeah. 
It just looks like the same old sort of like endless combos on damage sponges to style on, and I just don't really get anything With about lots that. Lots and lots of juggling. Yep. yep. And that's it. Those are all the PlayStation games that are currently announced for 2024 that are console exclusives at the least. And there's four games that were cut, they're kind of left dangling out there. Matt, you tell me whether you think they're coming out this year. Mm-hmm. Death Stranding 2. No. Fair Games. What? Fair Games. That's the game from Haven from Jade's new studio. Oh. No. Game as a service. Okay. Exos Tinction, which is a stealth hacking game. You remember that game? Yeah, I think that might. Yeah, let's say yes. Let's just put a yes. Okay, there, so Why we not? can have a yes. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the last one, and this is crazy. I forgot about this game. Little Devil Inside. Oh right. What the hell happened to what that happened game? To you? It's fucking. I'm gonna play it. Just it's, it's hiding, footage, just it's so hiding can... in a cave somewhere with Silk Song. It was supposed to come out in like 2021. Yeah, I forgot. And it's here we are, like three years later. Oh, what is going on with this game? I don't know. You think it's coming out this year? Sure, let's say it is. <laughs> I think it is actually. Like, Spoiler: I'm not gonna draft it. Yeah, me so. either. <laughs> I'm not drafting any of these last four games. That is definitely not happening. So, I would say this. Yes, the other three, I would agree with you. Probably not. But that's all we know about PlayStation for 2024 right now. Again, I do think. There's some quad A PlayStation game that will miraculously be finished before the end of the year for their holiday shopping season period. But overall, not exactly an auspicious rundown of stuff. It starts out pretty strong with The Last of Us and mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Hopefully they've got a couple of first party things under their hat that That's we don't know about yet. I mean, there should be, right? Yeah, they gotta have something for the for the holiday. Yeah, you would think. So, anyway, that's our PlayStation preview for 2024. Again, we'll be tackling Nintendo, Xbox, and third party over the next couple weeks here on Game Face. And then finally, our last topic of today's show, and it's very brief, but I just want to mention this because it's something that we have not covered on the show that we probably should have that for whatever reason fell through the cracks. And I got a gift from one of y'all, Justin Horman. Uh, when I got back from the holidays, he DM'd me on Sifted and he's like, hey, I wanna buy you a holiday gift. Um, can you give me your address and I'll send it to you and whatnot. And I, I'm like, sure, that's awesome, thank you. And I gave him my address and he sent it to me and this is what he sent me. The DualSense Edge Controller. It is basically, you can see it here, it's basically the DualSense PlayStation 5 controller. It's their take on the Elite controller from Xbox. And this was something I forgot that I wanted, that I did want, until I opened up the Amazon box in my building and saw it there, and I was like, oh my god, Justin Horman is a genius. And um, the first thing I'm going to say for people, the first thing I'm sure everybody is asking is, is it better than the Elite controller? It is better than the Elite controller by like five miles. Um, mm. I know you don't like the DualSense controller, but beyond like its sticks and its stick location and its triggers and everything, it just has way more functionality than the Elite controller for Xbox. Um, so, first of all, I should have brought this unwound. Um, just the cable for this controller is the nicest cable I've ever had, <laughs> seriously. Like, one thing I will say about this is everything that they've done with this controller is top of the line. Even the cable that they use. Like, I've had braided cables before, none of them like this. I don't know how they made it, but it's freaking crazy. 
Then you start to look at the controller, and it's, I know it may be hard to see on that ISO, but it does have the paddles on the back where you can install paddles, but it has, you can install a paddle like on the Elite controller. They also have like these little, and I have them in my pocket here, but they may be hard to see. They also have these little, almost like stops that you can install. Can you, I don't know if you can see that or not, but it's so tiny. But instead of the paddles, you can install these little stops that just kind of like rest your fingers on and you can use them the same way as the paddles. The coolest thing though about this controller is that it has these stops for the triggers here. There's three different settings and basically they control how far the triggers travel. So you can set it on default and they go all the way. It's like there's a lot of movement there to fully depress it. As you change these, if you go to the, the smallest setting, you hardly have to tap it at all to get to the full travel. And Matt, my KD in Call of Duty exploded setting the, um, it's insane. Setting it on the lowest setting, my KD literally almost doubled because instead of having to press all the way down to fire the gun, I just tap it now. Split seconds matter. It's insane. I couldn't believe it. I was like, holy crap, dude. Any face-to-face, -face, like where you just run into each other, I win half of those now. I use an assault rifle. I would win maybe 15% of those with an assault rifle before. Now I win half of the face-to-face -face confrontations because of this controller. I couldn't believe it. The other cool thing too is like the, the Siri or the uh, Elite controller, it has profiles that you can set up. This also does, but there's these little like tabs right here underneath the sticks that you can tap. Mid-game, anytime you tap those, it brings up all the controller configurations that you've set up and you can choose them right there and it'll immediately take hold of it. So say I'm playing Call of Duty and I have it set up specifically for that and I go to play something else, I can just tap this, choose my default or whatever, my normal setup and go right back and start playing games. Um, it's incredible. My big complaint about this so far, and I've only went through one charge, is battery life. I feel like I got like three or four hours out of this before it was dead. That was my major complaint about it. But otherwise, this thing is incredible. I already like the DualSense, I should say that. You guys probably know that already from following the show. But it also comes in a really cool case. You also get that with the Elite Controller. And I'll just show you kind of what's inside there. Um, it has pretty much the same thing. So here you can see, well, it's hard to see on camera there. But here you see you have the paddles and then there's two, so you get the default sticks that have the indent for your thumb, but you also get the old school PlayStation thumbsticks if you want to install them that um, are like a dome. The mushroom pegs. Which I hate. are a fucking crazy person. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why anybody I... would use those, but you get three sticks overall. And then the coolest thing of all, Matt, the most important thing about this controller is that you can replace the analog sticks. There, you'll never have to deal with drift on this controller because there's a little module here. You just flip the switch and pop it out and you can replace the controller stick modules. So if your sticks ever start to drift, you just buy these little modules and slide them in and replace them. This controller is flipping awesome. Aesthetically, it's different than the normal DualSense as well. Like you can't see it, but this pad has like little like PlayStation like logo stuff on it. Um, this piece here, I'm not going to pull it off because it's hard to get it back on unless you're really doing it. But this whole panel that goes around the sticks, you can pop it off and you can replace it. So eventually, I'm assuming PlayStation's probably going to release different colors of it or whatever to customize your controllers or whatever. Um, and other than that, like, you know, USB-C charging or whatever. So it charges really fast. Awesome control. How long controller. does it last? Like three or four hours before so it dies. So about died. what the DualSense does. Yeah, pretty much. It's still disappointing to me, though. 
I, I don't know. Three or four hours isn't enough for a controller charge. I don't think. I mean, that's pretty much what they are now. I mean, no. the elite, Dude, those elite controllers. I charge that thing. Even with the rumble on, that thing lasts for like weeks. Like, mm-hmm. to me, that's... I mean, I, I don't use charges on the elite. I just... You well, plug it? Well, no, I use batteries. Oh, interesting. I use rechargeable batteries. Oh, okay. I have a battery. And they do last forever. Um, okay. Yeah. Like, I've been shocked by how long my Elite lasts. <laughs> that is the one thing the Elite wins, hands down, over this controller. It, battery life. It did. The battery life dropped, I think, by 50% when I played Forza Horizon 5 because it was constantly vibrating. Oh, wow. Using, using the vibrate. Because, you know, you're bouncing over everything. You know, like... like that drains that battery. Those batteries like crazy. Here's the thing I would say though is like I play Call of Duty with Rumble turned off, mm-hmm. and it still died in like four hours. So mm-hmm. that's my one caveat with it. Otherwise, this controller is badass. What? Justin Horman, thank you. You literally, I wouldn't say you doubled my KD, but my KD probably went up like I'm not exaggerating, like forty percent with this controller. I'm not. I'm not making this up. It's real. Like I couldn't believe it. And all I had to do was change the throw length on the here's what i realized matt all along playing any shooter i should have set up my controls so that you shoot with a face button with Mm. a button that has no travel at all it's a huge advantage to just tap the button and shoot instead of waiting i know it seems crazy those milliseconds it takes for that trigger to travel down to the controller will get you killed Mm -hmm. that's how that's what we're talking about here as far as millisecond like shaving for competitive games so it's also what i mean when the speed of light matters right that's true it's a good point when you're talking about game streaming and stuff like mm-hmm. that so anyway justin horman thank you man like i didn't I, I haven't told him how much i love this until now like i told him i got it and i'd fiddle around with it and it was cool and i thanked him like a million times i didn't tell him how much i loved it until right now justin thank you man this controller has literally changed my life it's crazy but it has. Um, I can't recommend this enough. They are spendy. They are expensive, just like the Elite controllers. But again, like you will probably never have to buy another DualSense again because you can replace the sticks. And I do think probably with PlayStation 6, I'm guessing this controller will work with it. You think? Mm. Probably not. It never does. <laughs> what am I saying? I'm crazy. No, they, they always switch to a new thing. Yeah. But this will probably get you through the next six or seven years as long as you want to play PlayStation 5. Um, again, and you can just, always play it on PC. Use it on the PC or something later. Yep, if yep, absolutely. I mean, you'll have it forever. So, huge, huge fan of the DualSense Edge. We just kind of blew it off like when it came out. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, now they have their Elite controller too. I think part of it is just because the DualSense is fine. If you're right. You know, if I like, love the DualSense. I yeah. mean, I, as soon as I took... I mean, I don't dislike the control that comes with a Series X, but as soon as I took it out of the box, having used Elites before, I'm like, okay, this thing needs an up. I, I need to switch to my Elite because it's just a much better yep. controller. I do not feel like the gulf between the Edge and the DualSense is as wide as the gulf between the Elite 2 and the pack-in controller. I would probably agree with that, actually. Yeah. Only because I love the DualSense as it the is. Dual, the DualSense. I mean, I I prefer the 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 you know the the off center sticks. Obviously, mm-hmm. I do prefer the 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 Xbox controller design in general. But the DualSense simply feels like a more premium product out of the out of the box it with, does, the, with yeah. the console than the. I mean, the the thing that comes. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, functional. But yeah. it feels very. It, it feels is like a toy. It's light and flimsy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I agree. 
So anyway, again, thank you, Justin Horman. Justin Horman, by the way, you have just been awesome from day one on Sifted, man. You've been a great supporter of ours. You're so encouraging, always with positive words. Uh, you've just been awesome, man. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for this controller. These are the best gifts you can really give somebody because it's just something that they're going to use like every day. Mm-hmm. Like I'm wondering like, why my wife hasn't bought this for me. <laughs> Seriously, though, because she has to look at me and she's like, Dude, you're sitting on our couch with that thing in your hands like all the time. Maybe I should investigate like if I can get you a bougie controller. She, but it never <laughs> occurred to her. Justin, thank you so much, man. It's so awesome. I appreciate it. Um, I say go buy this if you can afford it. Buy it. I don't think you'll regret it. There's other stuff detailed about it too. Like these grips are actually like rubbery grips, so you grip. It's not just like the same plastic as the top, like the DualSense has. Like there's lots of subtle little things about this that make it awesome. But I think I've hit most of the big bullet points at this point. All right, and with that, we're gonna do a very short Q&A. Before we do that, here's a word from our sponsor, soundwizardry.com. Experience the realm of extraordinary audio with Sound Wizardry. With a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breadth of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, Foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Wake 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com and let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. Big thanks to soundwizardry.com. I haven't told Glenn from Sound Wizardry yet, but I have an idea for some cool stuff for the sponsorship for 2024. Um, I'm not gonna spoil what it is right here because I wanna run it past him first and see what he thinks of it, but I think I have a really cool idea that you guys are gonna like as well uh, to integrate Sound Wizardry into Game Face. Again, that'll be something that would debut with the new show, first week of February, blah, 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 but just something to keep in mind. Again, if you need any kind of sound work at all, whether you're working on a game, whether you're working on a trailer, or whether you're working on some personal project or whatever, go to soundwizardry.com. They are the masters, worked on the audio for Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, last two of the Game of the Year candidates. Big pedigree, big resume, head to soundwizardry.com and they will help you out. All right, and with that, we have time to answer maybe one or two questions before we get going here today. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat, if you have any. Um, AJ the Legend, Happy New Year. Wondering both your thoughts on the Star Citizen $48,000 ship bundle. Matt, do you know the catch with that? Is yeah, you it you have to be in the uh, commander's club? Yeah, you already had to spend like $1,500 or $1, something? $1,000 gets you in the, I can't remember, <laughs> Commodore's Commodore's Club, I think it yeah. is. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's insane, AJ. You have to already have spent a thousand dollars, and you can spend forty-eight thousand dollars to get every ship in the game. Yeah, most of which don't exist yet. Yeah, it's in bonkers. It is the world's greatest grift. Yep. It is literally. I'm I'm impressed. If, I have to admit, if someone's dumb enough to buy that, fine. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to hate the player on yeah. this one. Yep. Uh, Veritas asking if you can replace the battery in the DualSense Edge. I'm not sure, actually. My, my guess is probably yes. If you can replace the stick housing, my guess is you can replace the battery. But I don't know 100%. Uh, any more questions? You guys know, got no questions for us? We've been away for three weeks and you don't have anything to ask us? Um, IGN is saying you needed to already have spent $10,000. No, it's only no, $1,000. the Commodore Club is 1000 Yeah. 
Uh, Emperor Dread, not a question, but thanks for the recommendation to see Godzilla in theaters, Matt. Uh, lifelong Godzilla fan. Happy to say I saw this one in all its glory. Awesome. Yep, Matt is uh, the person I lean on the most in my life to figure out whether I should go see a film or not. Just being honest, that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, no questions, guys? Interesting. It's so funny. We do an episode every week, and then we have like 80 questions, and we can't get to them all. We don't do an episode for three weeks, and you guys have none. But Clearly, I do, we answered them all already. Maybe. Or I think it does speak to the fact that there just wasn't a whole lot going on in the industry mm -hmm. while we've been gone. That's just a sad truth, unfortunately. Um, well, there you go. That's Game Face 371. Again, don't forget... Show's not changing until the first week of February, but I think you guys are going to like it a lot. There's going to be some cool stuff coming. Um, what else? Oh, we're shooting a new round of Pactor Factor soon. There is not a call out for questions yet, but that should be going up on the site and our Patreon and our Twitter here in the next day or two. Um, I know we asked you guys for questions like in the middle of the holiday, but we only use like four of those and we can use some of those as well, but we're going to need more. Um, so maybe keep in mind a lot of the stuff that Matt and I talked about today on Game Face and use that as fodder for your questions for PAC when, when that stuff goes up. So good to be back in 2024. Good to be back doing Game Face. Excited for the stuff to come here in the next couple weeks with the show. Um, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging around, waiting for the show to get started today. I know there's a little bit of a slight delay before we got going, uh, but we appreciate it. And we'll see you guys next Tuesday right here at twitch.tv slash Games. Before we go... If you're listening to this show on any of the podcast services or on YouTube, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D if you want to support us on a permanent basis. So much love to all you guys. Here's to a happy new year in 2024. We'll see you next week. Game Face is up and out.